Welcome back to No Beer Left Behind. I am Brian. God, it feels good to be back on with you guys. I'm on with Willem up in Tulsa. Willem, how are you? Good, Brian. How are you? I am dandy. And also his brother from the exact same mother down in Austin. Frank, how are you? Doing well, Brian. And I think we need a drop and we're back. You know, I thought about finding... I honestly swear on everything i spent a good 20 minutes today looking through the tombs of youtube trying to find a midi version of stains it's been a while just for parker's uh-huh. sake but like i didn't want to find like the actual song i wanted to be like boom 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 oh you're talking like an 8-bit version yes 100 yeah. percent, and uh, nothing there's a bunch of guys a bunch of guys white guys surprise surprise doing stained covers uh teaching people how to play guitar acoustic on uh, youtube so if you're in for a giant waste of time you can go check out a bunch of those dudes with uh, punisher skulls in the background of their youtube videos teaching people how to play stained on acoustic guitar so there's my brian youtube tip for the week that you can shove anyway how are you guys doing no you could take it you could take it to the bank is what you meant um, uh, the bank's going to turn you away. They're not going to take that. They're <laughs> going to ask you to please leave. <laughs> take it Take it to the payday loan company. Take that shit to Wendy's, sir, is what they tell you. Yeah. And then the, you get there and they go, sir, this is a Wendy's. Yeah, um, it's a whole thing. You know, Brian, good. Uh, I, th- I think the message here is, you know, no beer left behind. We're a weekly podcast. Yes, and every we, week. We, <laughs> no, I mean, normally every week, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. every once in a while you get to a point where you're like, Family just kind of takes over, and it's normally in the summer because you got to appreciate the summer. Yeah. Right? So, had had some family stuff, had a great time, um, and it's yeah, it's good to be back. I'm I'm really glad glad we're back. It's the first time in what six years we haven't done a fucking Fourth of July episode. Yeah. So that was that was weird, but it's it's okay, you know. Like I think uh, maybe it's maybe it's better this way. Uh, you know, you take it, take a little break and then, you know, give, give the people a little bit of suspense and come back firing. Yeah. Distance makes the heart grow fonder. And what more That's distance right. can we put in between us and our listeners hearts than like four weeks hiatus? <laughs> exactly. Oh, wait, wait and, no, and no, you no know, hold on, hold on. We should just spin this and be like, our sponsors took us off the air cause they didn't like the truth that we were saying, you know, mm-hmm. and just really d- double down into That's right. it. That's right. What? Too much, too much, too much, yeah, too much Black Lives Matter talk too, on this channel. Too much truth about anti-racism. And then they were, they, just, yeah. they pulled the plug. But super happy to be back, honestly. Fuck like, yeah. I've, I've, it's not. I, I know, Frank, you texted yesterday and like a lot of times, like, it's funny. Every one of us goes through a different phase of like, kind of want to at least talk to one another so yeah. we, we go back and like villain one week will be like hey we're recording this week and then everybody else piles on but like 
it's it's fun sometimes it like trickles in. Yesterday I felt like as soon as everybody saw it, like at least us three, like we we're Frank was like, Hey, we're recording this week. Villem and I were both like, Yeah, yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. For no other reason than I just haven't talked to you guys in a while. Wanted to wanna hear your beautiful voices. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. I, yeah. yeah, and it's <laughs> Villem with I, the fucking no, I gotta be honest, I wasn't feeling super great uh leading up to this. I have a bit of a headache. Yeah. Uh but I it's been like weeks. So I was like, yeah, that sounds amazing. I almost so. drunk dialed all y'all fuckers on sat on 4th of July. Uh, oh, God. I was uh, out in the woods. Not uh, even y'all, actually, I, was on I was too, basically, except in my own house. <laughs> I, wa- I wanted a live <laughs> video of the 4th of July fireworks. I guess, you know, what did suffice was the, uh, the, uh, what you call it? The no beer left behind Instagram channel that gave me a good feeling of Brian's neighborhood. Oh, at no beer left cast. Um, yeah, it's fucking goddamn nom out there. That was incredibly loud. Uh, so uh, those new listeners, nom. uh, new listeners, not nom like <laughs> yeah, no, not, not N O M. It is, uh, uh, apostrophe in a M, you know, via really. Yeah. Uh, for those new listeners, my neighborhood is basically a lawless hellscape on July 4th. Um, it is an unincorporated area of Texas. And in Texas, that means there are no fucking rules when it comes to fireworks, Just, unless there's a burn. Essentially already defunded the police. Yes. That's what I mean. On 4th of July <laughs> specifically. Because every other day, I, I like if I'm out mowing the yard, I see two different police officers roll by in under an hour. 4th of July... Nobody, nobody to be seen. However, the fire department did roll through and do a little whoop, whoop and wave to people like they had Santa Claus on the back of the fucking truck. Meanwhile, the sky was on fucking fire. So our neighborhood, our neighborhood goes off for 4th of July. And like this year, I think they doubled down and went even bigger than they have in years past. Dude, it, it was... Uh, no joke. People started. Sh- first off, people are shooting off fireworks at six o'clock in the afternoon, which is that's too early. Like sun's up. You don't need to be shooting shit off up in the air. Dude, they were in rare form this year, like across the country. Let's just like the patriotism, the quote unquote, this year was like very. Well, very on brand. <laughs> Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. One second. You say that. I think, and I have this theory, and it's it's been this way for a while. So. It's, Tell me if you guys agree or disagree. Fourth um, of July on a Friday or Saturday is just something else. Oh, it's like, fucking insane. 99% of the time, people are having to go to work the next day, so they're like, oh, draw oh, the kids course, in, you know, yeah. 9 a.m. or 9 p.m., whatever. Um, but on That's a Saturday, true. it's like people are out shooting fireworks till like 2 a.m. It's crazy. I, so in my neighborhood, like I said, it started early. I brought, uh, we invited my mother and father-in-law over. Um, we had spent the afternoon at their house. They have, we are lucky enough to have access to their pool. So we did go out and do a little swimming. I got, Bougie. I got burnt like a motherfucker. Like my shirt right now, you see how red this is? That's how my back looks at the oh, moment. Yeah. Um, I'm Dude, getting, you gotta check that UV index before you go out. Well, see, here's what I did. I have put on sunscreen every time we've gone over to their house and gone out to their pool. And I am still like my under my shirt. You can I'm wearing a skin shirt. You can see wherever it is. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try to get that try to get that base tan on. And I uh, yeah, and I got first saying, mistake. I got burnt like a motherfucker. Anyway, Irish Irish Irishmen don't base tan. So I'm Scottish too. Okay, 
First mistake, neither of those base 10. No? Um, okay, all right. Second thing, if if you do so happen to be a person that burns, go get yourself some of that uh, fucking Omni Shield from Columbia. That shit swims fantastic. That's all I wear. Mm. I, d- I don't take my shirt off in the swimming pool. I have never not burnt. Oh, so, so it's a t-shirt that you're wearing. Yeah, it's a t-shirt. Okay. It's right. 50 SPF. Don't don't have to put sunscreen on. That shit dries off in like twenty minutes. No need to worry. Um, honestly, like as 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 a white dude that burns, it's a life hack, and mm. it costs you it costs you about uh, depending on the season. If you can find an outlet, which I know in Allen they've got the Columbia outlet, but um, oh, it'll cost Columbia, you anywhere like. From- Columbia, like the shirt, like the clothing brand, Columbia. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. you started well, this all off. It sounded like there was this was sunscreen from Columbia. Uh, no, no, no. That you were no, it's a, snorting it's, it's and then a, rubbing on you. <laughs> it's a sunscreen shirt, okay. and it's honestly like so. They're they're one of the only companies actively making sun protection shirts and making them look great. Like it, it looks like you're wearing uh, a workout Under Armour shirt. Not a big deal. Well, uh, they don't, you know, like if, if you've seen the little kids with the, the fucking uh, UV shirts and they look like they're swimming in a shirt as well as the water. Mm. This is not that. These are these are really, really nice. Um, they'll, they'll run you anywhere from 30 to 60 bucks, depending on whether or not you go short sleeve. I mean, it's on sale. Long so sleeve, here's, whatever. here's I'm going to stop Frank shopping corner for a second and just tell you, I, I gave up swimming in a shirt a long time ago. You back about when I had a kid and I was like, you know, fuck this. I'm going swimming all natural. Oh, I have to wear pants. I have to wear, I have to wear something covering my genitals. Okay, fine. I will give you that. And that's all I do now. Uh, but I, I do agree. Uh, a good sunscreen does definitely help. Um, I can't do that much sunscreen though. Like that's my problem. Well, just, you, you also sweat a lot, and I will say that might be a problem for some of your. Yeah, you may have to reapply every twenty seconds, and that's not it's good. Too much effort. So, so I wear the shirt. That makes sense. I like it. I I, I can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it. I feel like I'm drowning. Anyway, it's a whole thing. Oh. That's uh, that, what this wasn't about. Swimming pool talk. This was about the fucking. But it turned into swimming pool talk. There's some great advice there. You turned it in there. No one wanted this. Great. You took it, us oh, there. You dragged oh. us down into a, into the deep end yeah, of swimming pool talk. Well, when you're when you're a first adopter, sometimes you just have to you know layer it in when people need to hear it. Speaking of layering, I don't know. That was a bad transition. Anyway, my mother and father-in-law came over. They didn't. I feel like they didn't believe us, and a lot of people don't believe us when we say this is the craziest goddamn neighborhood Fourth of July party that happened like that we've ever experienced. My mother-in-law was wide eyed the entire time. And when I tell you she's seen some shit, like she's seen some shit. Uh, She was just like looking. She's like, I don't know where to look. I'm overwhelmed. This is, uh, it's so loud. Everything's loud. And my daughter who is four is just like looking around like, Oh yeah. And clapping for neighbors, setting off sparklers and fountains and stuff. Meanwhile, there are, like six to 10, like semi-professional fireworks shows happening in the neighborhood at the time. And she's like, yay, clapping. My father-in-law was taking video. Um, don't know why, because I saw the video. It was terrible. Um, it was just, uh, you know, uh, basically cell phone video, which, you know, they, I, I saw many people tell uh, the, the Twitter community in particular, save yourself the time and effort. Don't, don't video fireworks. No one's going to look at it. Au contraire, when you see the shit that we saw, you look at it and you think back and like, God damn, like we, we, we've already looked back at, you know, years past of fireworks shows and been like, yeah, no, this year's definitely better than that. No, 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 this one. Uh. Oh, 
what was it? Uh, 20, 2018 was our first year to experience it. Uh, 2018 was dope. Uh, so anyway, the family was, was shook. I'll, I'll just say they're, you know, 60 year old shook. They were, uh, they got out of Dodge at about nine o'clock after a full, a solid hour of like badass firework, amateur fireworks. And the moment they pulled out of the neighborhood, a, uh, an artillery shell shot into my neighbor's house <laughs> and exploded into his family, which was hilarious and scary all at the same time but you know it was one of those those risks you so run. here's here's the question okay because i do believe this happened to that same family mm. last year this was a different this was a different experience okay uh, these are the new people who moved across the street um they were new black people here's a series who moved into the neighborhood and everyone it, this is hilarious that i'm um, not hilarious but it happened this way the neighbor who had the artillery shell shot into their house just the night before they were out looking around at the different fireworks like they shot out of their house as soon as they heard the first firework go off because you know fireworks in my neighborhood happen 24 7 they shot out of their house and they're both looking with their wrists bent like this on their hip bone so they were like basically ready to start clucking at any point in time i don't know if you've ever seen two grown adults with their hands rested on their hip like that uh but they were walking around both of them husband and wife where did where'd that come from where'd you hear that where'd you where, where, where'd that come from i bet i bet it was those new neighbors I was like, yeah, it wasn't them. It was people behind you. And they're like, no, nah, I've got my eye on those people. They, I'm pretty sure it was them. I was like, okay, all right. It was clearly. I got my eye on them. Yes, exactly. And then to have those neighbors have a misfire. And it wasn't an artillery shell like that you load a single shot. It was one of those like mm-hmm. aerials that go up, like you light a box and the whole fucking show goes off. Well, a battery, a battery, yeah. Sh- sure, yeah. Uh, well, mm, Battery started melting down and started shooting off artillery shells in 360 degrees, which was kept everybody on their toes. Anyway, it was uh, so no one. It was, it was a it was a uh, a a Southern Oklahoma knockoff. Yeah, um, yeah, sure. We'll go with a a Tahlequah knockoff. It was northeastern you know, Oklahoma. You know that Chinese shit is not going to do that. They no. invented fireworks. Unless it happens in McKinney or in Plano, Texas. I don't know if you saw what happened there, but yeah. No, what happened? Uh, they had a bunch of shit go off on the ground and start a giant grass fire in a in a uh, like a wild grass area. You know how they have those uh, nature areas in parks where yep. natural grass grows. Burnt all that shit to the ground with like three or four shells that went off. Solid. No, it was Solid. good stuff. People were like scream. You know the video of people screaming at fireworks that are coming at them, and then the video mm-hmm. kept running. And there you just see brush fires just eating their way toward the people at a r- fucking alarming rate. <laughs> just, oh, my God. You're just like, well, I know that this the, California shouldn't do this because this is just a giant tinderbox. At least Texas, we have captured rainwater and can spray it down, I guess. Ridiculous. Or at least have enough concrete to stop it. You know what I mean? I fucking hate Dallas. Anyway. So, yeah, so I, I, I'm definitely going to go with the... <sighs> Fireworks are cool, mm-hmm. but there's only one, maybe two every year that I'm like, that's worth it. Right? The rest of them, even in city displays, the rest of them, I'm like, really? Like, okay. The ones that um, do, the ones that do shapes and then shit shoots through the shapes, I'm yeah. down with that. Those are rare. Those are rare. Very rare. That's at least a $700 firework. Yeah, exactly. So, Those are city fireworks. I'm not... Not seeing yeah. that shit in the neighborhood. So, so I, I don't know. I just, I, I guess I don't, 
I've never fully understood the infatuation with fireworks to well, the level that people get infatuated by them. I think they're cool. They're fine. Um, I don't know. It's not my thing. I totally agree. I think we were weirdly in Minnesota. There was like a moratorium on any fireworks that, well, at first no fireworks at all. And then they shifted to, you could not shoot any fireworks that left the ground until you had like fountains and lame shit like that only. Right. right? So like, we had this weird thing about it because we didn't get to get like the good shit until started visiting colleges and so forth, driving out of the state more. We would like, we started thinking to stop at fire. You know, we never thought to just, we didn't care enough about fireworks to like go to Wisconsin real quick, go buy fireworks. Like that was dumb. That was like way too much work <laughs> out of the way. So we finally had a reason to like stop and get them. And we did, and they were like fun and whatever for a short while. And I've never really like seen a, any. It was fun, and then it was over, and now I don't really get it. Is I guess what I'm saying. And it's really fucking expensive, and like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it's just it's it's rude to everybody around you. Like my dog gets scared to piss, like when when fireworks are going off around him. Like seriously, like. Uh, his entire body shakes like a freaking vibrating phone, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, my dog, my dog has spent bullshit. the last, he spent the last three days in our closet, just hiding, hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, it, it is. Uh, so what gets me is the shit that happens after 4th of July. Like I will concede, I will give you, yeah. I grew up around like high explosive fireworks, I guess for lack of a better term. So yeah. like, and I see the, 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 the fun and excitement and setting some shit off and yeah, it's fun. And if that's what you do, if that's how you get your, you're not throwing fucking, you know, a, a, a mortar shell in some dude's mailbox to watch it blow up. If you're getting a thrill of watching it go up in the air in somewhat of a controlled fashion, one night a year, do it, whatever. I, I, I don't fucking care. Yeah. I, that's, that's the boat I'm in. It's if, 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 if it's only one night a year, it's the assholes that decide like the fifth and the sixth and the seventh Easter. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't understand that. And it's clearly leftover fireworks. So maybe you should budget better because <laughs> you're saying their inventory management system is not up to par. Just do it, do it on the fourth. And then if you need to do it again, do it on the fucking 31st. Yeah. But don't fuck around with non firework days. Right. Um, but yeah, I will say the amount of money, that I saw go up in flames on uh, Saturday night. That was just as troubling as the noise and everything else that was going on. Cause you know, that shit is not cheap at all. And like, you know, I think Willem, did you ever work at a fireworks stand or was it just Frank and I, are you just Frank and I? Okay. Yeah, no, I, I learned my lesson through Frank. <laughs> like, this is fucking garbage. I'm never doing that. <laughs> like, camping out at a fireworks stand. To, to, to be to be frank, there were several of those jobs that Villain would never <laughs> sign up for after hearing my experience. I'll, I'll sum it up while the train comes through. Uh, laying blacktop, uh, selling dog food out of the back of your car, um, working at Walmart, uh, wrangling carts. As a cart pusher, as yeah. a cart pusher. Yeah, wrangling carts at Walmart, not a, not a glorious job. But that's what big brothers do, Frank. That's what you do. You blaze a path. I had, I had my own series of shitty jobs. I fucking made ice cream at 
Dairy Queen, which he did do that. Hard. Oh I God! The old folks, um, I was a weirdly again. I never understood this theme actually until just now. Stock dairy at uh, <laughs> frozen dairy at Walmart for two years. <laughs> you're into the you're into the being cold and milk, huh? That's your thing. Yeah, but they did give you the gloves though. They did give you those badass gloves. I fucking bought those gloves because I needed oh. them. Because my, I mean, it's too cold in the goddamn freezer. They don't give you shit. They give you these like ratty ass jackets that you're supposed to just throw in and go do your work in. Like, God help you if you don't own a jacket or forgot your jacket and have to wear those fucking things. <laughs> Two I was, years, I worked that fucking job. Those, and I just those. Slide downhill slowly until I got fired. Those blue and ja- uh, blue and black uh, gloves that you had are pretty fucking sweet. Um, also, uh, what I will say is, is Willem and I can now not be hired by Walmart corporate or Walmart tech. They have a little tech venture firm down here in Austin because I applied. I. Um, went through the interview process. No, they're doing some cool shit. Like it's, it's on the tech side. They're actually doing like contactless payment stores and shit. Like mm-hmm. similar to Amazon. It's, well, I was going to say they're they supposed to launch their company. Overall yeah. But I mean, worth. Amazon's Amazon's trash. Google's trash. Yeah, they're all fucking trash. That's worth something. So, so, so you were, um, you were declined a job interview. <laughs> based no, on no, 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 no. I went through the interview um, and then they did my employment check because they have to run you through Walmart and they're supposed to do it before they interview you. Yeah. And this lady goes, did you have a, a cart pushing job at one point with our company? And I go, yeah. And she goes, did you get fired? And I go, well, no one told me I got fired because they didn't. No one actually said serious? this long after. No one actually said they should have never interviewed me is what it came down to. Well, yeah, they wasted no, their own time. No one actually ever said, Frank, you're fired. Um, I just wasn't on the schedule. I showed up for my regular shift, cleared the carts one time, and then came back, and the other cart pusher was like, dude, you're fired. Why are you here? And I was like, oh, well, thanks. I was like, I'll go home. Frank, so let, me be home. The, <clears throat> Frank let me be the first first to tell you, you're fired. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, fired. so continue with the interview thing. This is so interesting. Yeah, so essentially, did the interview. And I guess a step was missed because the way the HR lady was was talking, she was like, well, you're qualified. And we were actually like actively working through a compensation package. And um, we have to check to see if you've ever been employed as any job, right? Like any job you apply, have you ever been employed with the company? Right. And I had checked yes on the application. And she goes, and they never ran that check. Uh, because nor- normally it's not a problem. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And she goes, yeah, but you got fired from cart pushing. So unfortunately, you can't ever get a job at Walmart. And I was like, uh, okay, peace. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> like, I wasn't good enough to cart push, but I'm qualified for this. That's funny. Yeah, dead serious. Wait till the day that Walmart becomes the next like Kmart or whatever the fuck. Like, Fuck that company. It's one of the yeah. worst companies. Shop small is the message here. I just Always try to shop small. I'm gonna you know you know where I live. 
and you know what my options yeah, are. Yeah, but that's that's different. <laughs> Very different. But I want to bring I bring that up just like how many of our fucking listeners are doing the exact have to do the exact mm-hmm. same thing. It here's, just here's sucks. Brian, case in point where you live, frankly, for shopping small. If you don't want your community to be in that state, you know, I'm not saying you can control it now, but I'm saying like if other people don't want their places to turn into that, shop small. Oh yeah, no, I, I, so, I don't know. I get pissed off at food deserts, which are something that I unfortunately became aware of not too like not too long yeah. ago, like less than five years ago. But yeah. like large communities with that that serve a larger community that have zero access to good fresh like food. This area uh, that I live in, which is not a like most people think of food deserts as like gentrified areas, people yeah. places where minorities specifically have been moved to uh, for bigger businesses to come through and renovate. Well, I'm just going to say fucking uh, deep Ellum in Dallas and Bishop arts in Dallas. Like people get pushed out into Oak cliff and Oak cliff is a classic food desert where there's no access to fresh, fresh groceries and fa- fresh food. The dumb ass- used to be a really nice organic grocer there. I'm sure there's more than one. I'm sure there were dozens there. The yeah. thing is like out here where I live in suburban hellscape uh, for the most part, like there are a lot of really nice houses and nice communities, but the only access to any food out here within a reasonable driving distance is Walmart. Mm-hmm. And that Walmart services about 10 square mile, you know, 10, uh, a 10 mile radius. Um, and that goes from like communities like mine that light the sky on fire to communities uh, where it's just nothing but like an apartment complex on apartment complex on apartment complex, all the way yeah. out to the white supremacist hellscape that is Pilot Point, which we can get into later if you want to. But that, like, it's a very rural community of nothing but horse farms and fucking poor people. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think there are ways to deal with that and whatever. But I think just because of problem, I don't know, like, Sometimes we respond to dire problems in a quick and like heavy handed manner just to try to like put a lid on it. Oh yeah. Like the, the problem was, yeah, yeah. what you're talking, I mean, I think what you might be going toward was solved when they, uh, when my town allowed Walmart to come in in the first place, that was the quick solution to the broader problem. Right. Mm -hmm. Because that's, it's happening with dollar generals too, like just, you know, kind of decimating like small businesses in already struggling rural communities. Mm-hmm. They just soak up all that money and all of those businesses around them just wilt and die. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, the When the business model is to like strangle everything else around you as yeah. not a good business model for growth of community. Well, well, go ahead. Here's what I'll say. That is rapidly changing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people are, they're, getting accustomed to farmers markets and you know, like it's, 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 it's going to be a slow path, but our generation is going to make that change. It's not, none of us go into Walmart and go, this is where I want to shop and my kids (laughs) Yeah, no, to shop, you know, like it's, it's one of those things where when I have to go to Walmart, it is absolutely dire. (laughs) Um, It actually during quarantine, I went to Walmart because no one here goes to Walmart. Yep. Um, and I felt safer there, but well, you, you go to Walmart and you're like, I have two onions to choose from. I have like a, a tomato over here or some Roma tomatoes over there. You know, like it's, it's just, it's the ultimate 
reducing our supply chain to only people who could do everything at the max. And it's, yeah. it's, it's frustrating. We all hate it, but yeah, it sucks that some places what, that's the only place you can go. That's absolutely terrible. It's not fun. What I will say, the, the Walmart out by me <clears throat> has changed big time in the four years that we've lived out here. Um, and they've had their produce sections grown. Their organic sections have grown. They're like good food, like non fucking mass produced, foods have grown a lot. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is you mentioned you felt safer there. I have not felt safer at any other store other than fucking Walmart <laughs> when shopping in these unprecedented times because the level there, they are fucking brutal. Like it's not you, you, so those door greeters become like police officers. They're fucking bouncers at the club. Yeah. They're like, what? Just gonna hold on there, or like, hey, right now, uh, they're like, hey, you don't have a mask on. Do you need a mask? We'll provide you with one to show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's not like it's it's actually refreshing because I went to Kroger in Denton uh, a few months ago, and that was the last time I went to Kroger because I was already over there picking up my Total Wine order at curbside, which is fucking amazing. I've spent way too much goddamn money through Total Wine because of that curbside pickup. But like it was in the same parking lot. I was like, I just need a few things. I'll run in real quick. And you know, rumor has they have toilet paper because at the time we were in that situation and I went in and it was, dude, the level of anxiety that I had just standing in that fucking store was so high. Everybody was so close to one another. And you know, this was back in March, you know, beginning of April. No one was fucking wearing a mask besides like, you know, three or four people who were paying attention. And it was fucking infuriating. When you go to Walmart, though, everybody's fucking staying there, minding their own business, staying apart, wearing masks for the most part, except for one or two old people who fucking being dumbasses. But everybody else, all the fucking employees there, following the rules, doing shit the best they yep. can, keeping everybody safe. And it's fucking mind-boggling because a company that makes so many of the worst decisions as far as like retail outlets go. Uh, they were actually, they've handled this whole situation to my, in my opinion, in my experience here, pretty fucking well. And it's mind boggling. Now, then I read about other people across the country who are like fucking hosing down the Walmart because somebody died and behind the customer service desk. I'm like, Hey, we won't talk about it. Move on. Like uh, Walmart that, here. I'll tell you right now in Oklahoma is not anywhere near that strict. Like, uh, that's like you avoid Walmart, Target, any any store like that. Fuck that. Like, yeah, y'all are up there in the fucking land of two months ago. Yeah, honestly, it's, it's, it's very uh, fuck. It's very primal up here right now. <laughs> like, Primitive. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's like every man for himself. <laughs> Stay out of the fucking like public at all if you want any sort of chance. We're going to be missing a birthday party uh, this weekend because I just cannot trust that, you know, the people who are going to be at this thing have been doing any sort of any social distancing and I don't want to contract COVID. Dude, I, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I didn't really want, I don't know. I'll leave it up to you guys. Do we want to continue with the COVID talk or do we want a, re a respite from well, that? Let's, let's wrap it quick. I, so here's what I will say. I'm in a new level of pissed off after today's uh, Texas Education Association announcement um, that uh, all Texas public schools will be uh, held face-to-face -face, uh, starting in August at normal start time with a five-day school week. And um, all students no must wear... No 
Oh, students must wear masks. And there are a couple other recommendations, which are kids stay six feet apart on the school bus. Um, How? Make sure that you have windows. The district physically does not have enough school buses. Absolutely. Schools keep the windows open to allow fresh air in during the school day. Okay, so then Um, we'll all feel better about it. um, Kids eat lunch at at their desks. Um, passing periods in middle school and high school are held in directional hallways, um, which means that's a fucking logistic nightmare, by the way. Absolutely. Uh, to set up any fucking school to have one-way hallways. Also, the final recommendation, or not the final, but the final one that we'll cover and, here. And now, hold on, wait one second. Just to get back to your school's one directional, now you've turned your administrators into police officers. Oh, beyond that, Frank, uh, so, you're, you're correct. So, you're correct. Okay, so Johnny, Johnny's being a dick. He's talking to his girlfriend, going the opposite way in traffic. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Johnny, you're you can't do that. Go that way, Johnny. Yeah. Do you think Johnny gives a shit? No, Johnny. Johnny doesn't talking. give a shit. Johnny's proven him and his generation <laughs> don't give a shit it, it, through his, all the shit that they've been doing for the past fucking three I will, months. I will say Johnny and any other seventh grader don't give a fuck because they're in seventh grade and they don't give a fuck. Like, oh, sure. I mean, I was mainly talking about Johnny high school, but Johnny, yeah. No, Johnny. Right. It, it, the, the last thing which uh, fucking kills me is they're suggesting that students wash their hands more, uh, which I brought up to Mrs. Bryan, who's a teacher, as we've uh, listened to in past episodes. I was like, hey, uh, Mrs. Bryan, how many sinks are located in every classroom? None, except for the science lab. That's what I thought. So we're trying to keep kids out of common common areas, uh, you know, community areas, and we're asking them to wash their hands more. And the only place to do that is in the fucking bathroom, uh, which you've already listed as being an area where you need to have plexiglass dividers between the sinks. Um, how many schools do we know of uh, can pay for enough plexiglass dividers to accommodate 1,200 students per per school? Uh, not many, and those same districts who have a lot of school, a lot of students enrolled in their in their district, Dallas ISD being one of them. Several of their schools can't fucking open in the month of August and September because they can't provide air conditioning for these buildings. How the fuck are they supposed to pay for plexiglass to go in between sinks so people can wash their hands with soap Ryan, that they can't Ryan. afford? Dude, you're, you're fighting the wrong battle. Okay, no, I'm fighting the, the logistics. The real, the real, the real question here. Yeah. Is are they going to force the butt scratcher sniffer people to also wash their hands? They hey, should. No, here, like for real, for real, the right fight is accessibility. You can get the school on minimum accessibility requirements and say that they are not meeting them, and that lawsuit would probably well, dude, be on. Well, no, so here's the deal: you're, you're, a lawsuit would have to be founded in actual, in fact, and in in precedent. And because but the it, fucking, it would also have to be brought by the parents, which at this point doesn't seem to be. Oh, contraire, mon frere, because parents are also well aware of what can happen with their child who uh, may bring a virus home to them. Uh, they're aware of the spread of what can happen as well as I am. Um, when, you know, you, people having some come to Jesus moments. Yeah. Specific. When like, oh, it's cool. I don't have to wear a mask when I go to the grocery store, but my kid's going to wear a mask so he can get his ass out of the house and start getting an education again and start socializing with people. And like, oh, fuck me. I'm going to have to quarantine yeah. for two weeks when this motherfucker tests positive or has a fever and I yeah. can't call into work. And my work tells me to get fucked because there's no precedent for the work, my work to not fire me for no yeah, I mean, call, no showing really, for two this weeks. This is a really good way. To get people to have to, I mean, okay, so here's long term, right? You are virtually guaranteeing, and this is something that Joe Biden has to start thinking about if he does win. 
the commercial real estate meltdown in this country will be unlike anything we've seen before. Yeah. Um, if small startups are already changing to 100% remote, like, I, so I'm 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 pretty active in a in a, a startup group here in Austin, and the number of owners who have literally tossed the keys to their landlords. And their landlords don't seem concerned by this, but I would be shitting my pants um, and said, you know, we're not coming back. Uh, this is working. We can figure out how to make this work, how to hold people accountable. Right. Um, we don't need office space. Uh, if 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 you're a person that understands one iota of the real estate market, you do understand that this country is propped up um, from a real estate perspective by um, company locations and also uh the the rents the commercial real estate commands um the reason the bar down the road pays twenty thousand dollars a square foot or whatever they end up paying not a square foot but 20 grand for their rent right right. um is because the commercial real estate worth of that rent is that yeah so uh if you remove all of those companies you will see i mean you're talking multiples of the meltdown in 2008 it's i think it's absolutely and it's not going to be it's going to be the downtown urban areas you're going to have the squeakiest wheels affected by that economic downturn rather than the average person you're not going to see the well i I say average the average person in 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 the suburbs their real estate will go up right because no one really actively okay so if, if my only benefit of living downtown is that i'm downtown and i'm paying the rents that i am I'm no longer close to work because work is remote. Um, you know, there's some restaurants in the area, but they're closing down because <laughs> fuck it. Why am I paying this? Right. I think um, people's also just like the hobbies and interests are going to change going out. Le- like people are probably going to go out less now. Like kind of yeah. hopefully. Yeah. are not going to be such a thing anymore. There's going to be a and lot of change from, from all of this. And, and all of that, all that is fine. Um, and I think, I think we should wrap soon in, in this topic, but, um, it's, it's definitely watch commercial real estate. That is your canary in the coal mine for when you need to short stocks, when you need to look at, um, um, just in general, um, the sort of investment side of this fallacy turning around because it, it will happen. It will happen soon. Um, I would, I would bet my ass in the next six weeks, you see a significant wake up. Uh, well, maybe not six. It might it might actually be more like 10 weeks because we're kind of in the middle of a quarter right now. Um, but once you see well, earnings from places like uh, 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 Ornado Realty Trust, um, one of the biggest commercial real estate firms out there, um, uh, C.B. Richards Ellis, one of the biggest... Um, watch those companies. It, it's going to be fascinating to see how much vacancy they report or anticipated vacancy. Those two things are huge right now and will tell you where this market is going. It will tell you um, how swift this move to remote work is is happening. Mm. Um, and, and quite frankly, look at Twitter, look at Slack, look at Facebook, look at Google, look at all these massive companies, IBM. Uh, IBM has essentially told us you don't have to come back to the office if you don't want to. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, you're, it's it's it's. I just think it's a fascinating angle here because it's going to mean that you and I, as American citizen ABC, can work from Costa Rica and be paid in American dollars because we were hired here. It's yeah. it's a fascinating change to, you want it to to yeah to the market dynamics at play here. Um, it's it's absolutely like unprecedented. It's it will change the way people work, and it's it's for the better. Which I guess labor won due to a fucking pandemic at some point. Like it's not one hundred percent agree. Like that is you are very good about pulling like kind of the the frank angle uh, look at things when it comes to how how uh, financial decisions impact the future, and in particular how the financial impact of I don't know, not providing uh, uh, adequate rent relief for people and also fucking keeping businesses closed long enough for a pandemic to be better handled uh, yeah, can well, affect well, the not, future not, of fucking commercial real estate too. Not not correctly managing it and then having the consequences. Like, right. So one of the things, this will be the last thing that I talk about, I promise you, swear to God, but this is very, Brian doesn't get, Brian's talking about himself in third person. Brian doesn't get riled up about a whole lot of fucking things. This thing today uh, with uh, Texas public schools in particular uh, and public schools across the United States because Betsy Fuckface DeVos uh, said the same thing today in her yeah. press conference of, hey, five can day, we, can we, a five days, like, hold on, the five day school week will be guaranteed to everybody who seeks it and go fuck themselves. I'm going to leave you with this one last fucking nugget to, to, to think on. So schools uh, that, provides, that provide lunches to their students, which uh, admittedly a lot of us probably... Uh, had the privilege of not having to eat school provided lunches. If you had off campus lunch or you had some like uh, restaurant that fucking catered in pizza hut to you every day. But still, what if one of those food service uh, employees decided uh, or, you know, contracted COVID-19 in the middle of a, a school week, didn't show any signs and symptoms until Friday and uh, spent the entire week shedding the virus to all the students in that school. So take a school of 1200 kids and uh, go ahead and multiply that times whatever other uh, siblings they may have. Outside mm-hmm. that school, whatever parents they may have uh, that come in close contact with them outside of school, uh, if they're lucky enough to have parent parental contact outside of school. Um, and let me know what that does to a small community or any, any size community, because that spread goes from 1,200 kids that are affected at that school to thousands of people who are affected in that community and all the people they've come in contact with. So tell me, which, should we keep public schools open until we get a better handle on this fucking crisis i don't know you, you fucking tell me what's insane is this is all to win an election for one person i don't even care i don't even care if you if there if this was not an election year this is 100 percent like what happens when you don't have a fucking leader who makes a decision and goes with it yeah that that's, that's really true, the hard line on reopening and stuff is trying to pander to his base and hoping that that will lead to victory in November, which it's not going to just at like already like period. Yeah. No, we know that is because reasonable people lost their fucking heads and voted for him because he somehow ended up being their fucking nominee. Yeah. Well, uh, no, I mean, we're talking, okay. So July 7th. Yeah. By the way, you said today real quick, you said this is a, we're in the middle of a quarter We're seven days in, but I I want to, wanted to hit you with that just a second ago. Yeah, sure. But I mean, <laughs> I know what you mean. From we're, a financial reporting, day one, we're in the middle of a quarter. I understand what you mean. 
Yeah, yeah. So, they just, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Normally, people hold back revenue recognition and they do it right at the I beginning know. or right at the end. I and know, pull it forward. I know, okay. I know. Whatever, Brian. Um, so, no, what's, what's, what's impeccable to me is like July 7th, uh, this motherfucker is running the worst presidential campaign in the history of presidential politics. Um, he's at the moment. Uh, his own party is shitting their pants because <laughs> their internal polling is showing that uh, Dems take the House, the Senate, and the presidency, which means another Obamacare debacle in their minds. So get ready for all the fucking tropes to be just walked out. Mm. Um, but when you look at the polling inside of the Republican Party, these old tropes don't work anymore. And it polls incredibly well for Democrats. Right. So. Uh, universal health care is a majority supported thing in the Republican Party. So it's going to be very fascinating to see over the next three months where this goes, because this election will be decided in early October. It's not going to come down to the vote. Right. Um, and that's that's uh, that's something that I'm excited for, because it's t to me right now, at the very least, at the very least. Yeah. Uh, we maintain the house and the presidency and our gold star should be the Senate. And yeah, I am a Democrat. I have no fucking qualms about it. Um, it's the most ethical party at the moment. I don't really give a shit what happened in 1925. Um, it's currently the viewpoint that advances society and we should go there. Right. Okay. I, what were you saying? Well, <clears throat> no, I was actually, uh, did you see my chat that I dropped in the old meat there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Did can we talk about what you what you came back? Yeah. You know, okay. I just want to make sure that we're all clear there because this might be a this is a nobody left behind first if we if we can talk about it. Okay. Go ahead. So Willem uh, Willem came back. We all have to take we all have to take PP breaks and we have to get new beers. We have to get new drinks. Whatever it may be. Uh, Willem came back with. Uh, <laughs> Definitely wasn't a drink that he came back into the room with, and uh, it made me very jealous. Um, Willem, can you can you tell the the people the 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 people you at home cannabis. your your <laughs> cannabis? I believe that's how it's pronounced. Is it cannabis? Cannabis, cannabis. Yeah, I've only heard tell. Yeah, a medical card. Oh, can I use it. As, I actually do use it as a medicine. That deserves a reggae horn if nothing else does. I mean, honestly, that might be the last time we ever use a reggae horn on this podcast because it can't be used any more accurately. Yeah. Ah, Villain, yeah. I'm very jealous, my friend. You should just get, like, put your parents' address. And <laughs> well, now that you said that, they're going to fucking look it up, man. The man is listening to this. I guarantee of the millions of listeners that we have, at least 13 of them are fucking feds, and now they're on me. They're on to me. I can't use my parents' address as a medical card. Yeah. Hold this on one that I actually smoked just now is a high CBD strain, so it's not really even that uh, potent, intoxicating intoxicating Ooh, that sounds sexy as fuck villain <laughs> this is not as intoxicating well, what's as what's the thc level on that though a million uh, yeah. 17 what was it 17 percent thc and five or something percent cbd which usually it'll be okay. like 20 plus percent thc and less than one percent cbd so the beer okay, equivalent so you you're drinking you bounce a little but you're still getting hot. the beer equivalent is you're drinking a, you're smoking a coors light right now rather than like an ipa 
No, it's more like a yeah. stout stout yeah. clicking it, it, in at six. <laughs> no, it's 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 like a Coors Light and a and like an IPA, but really the effects are completely different. I know, not, I know. I'm not. I'm. J- I'm just giving. I was the percentage of 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 yeah. THC. That's what I was giving. Yeah, like yeah. pure gas, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> what octane the, uh, you rocking? Yeah, it's eighty. But it's not. Uh, it's not unfair to. It's not fair to say it's like intoxicating or you know, like to compare those two kind of things. Or it's not that it doesn't affect the same parts of your body, your brain, and all of that. Well, to mm. be to be honest, even when we compare ABV, is not a fair comparison based on the person taking in that that level of ABV. That's right. Right, true. But like um, everyone processes alcohol the same, through the same way and whatever. Yeah, but it depends on how much you've had to eat, what your body weight, your body mass index right. is, and how well or how conditioned you are to alcohol. These are yeah, all I things. Mean, that, that, the strength of the effect, right? All mm-hmm, of that. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is the effect is completely different and then there's strength components to it, but there's also like uh, what like terpene components to it that determine how it affects you. So if it's because the same way that when you smell a plant, it evokes a certain feeling within you. You know what I'm saying? Like lavender will make you calm, relaxing. A, a nice chamomile tea will relax you. Willem, have you been that, smoking that, this like, evening? Or <laughs> you have to those uh, plants. Is, is determined by something called terpenes. And so that is what like kind of makes the whole cannabis thing a little different. So uh, I, I bring it up because you, you brought in a, 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 a pipe to the podcast and that's a first for No Beer Left Behind. That's really why yeah. I called it out and uh, wanted to say this is, we're progr- the most progressive fucking podcast you're probably listening to right now. Um, we never did a beer camp later, like what anyone was drinking. Oh, what what were you drinking? You were drinking wine, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. I I could I, I I saw it swirling around in your glass. I was like, that's if Villem is drinking a fucking deep red like Creek beer, I'll give him kudos. But that's fucking wine. I'm almost positive. <laughs> uh, you so you're drinking wine and wine, and I had been drinking wine, so I just went wine. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, and what strain are you smoking? Do you remember? Uh, this is something called euphoria euphoria. That's classic. I like that. That's good. I feel like that's on brand for what you described. You're not, not going on a trip, but you're just going for a ride, man. <laughs> See what happens. And Frank, I know that I know that you were also imbibing in something, but were you drinking anything? He said to himself, Frank's looking dead into the monitor with a thousand yard stare and not responding. This is a fucking weirdest thing. And he's yeah, on. I think your mic. Yeah, his mic's definitely muted right now. Or yeah. he's just mad. Sorry. <laughs> no, I had some bad connection. No. Um, <laughs> I, I literally only got your question like two <laughs> seconds ago. Okay. Uh, I am having a Juan Gil uh, Tempranillo from Spain. It's it's really fucking good. It's available everywhere. It's about a sixteen dollar bottle. Totally worth it. Uh, by the way, we uh, picked up the Spanish red blend that you recommended on our last happy hour, um, Mrs. Yep. Brian. Uh, and I plan on cracking that open some sometime this week. Uh, but you were also... Well, you know, okay, but here's the thing. You said... You can't tease it like that, Brian. I thought you were coming with a review. 
Oh no, sorry. I yeah, I see how you might have seen that. I'm very sorry. <laughs> Here I was puckering up. I was like, oh my god, what did he think about it? No, no I'm nothing. sorry. I... We're gonna crack it open tomorrow, and on the next cast, wait for the review. <laughs> That's it. It's a teaser. It's a cliffhanger. No, but you were also smoking something. What were you smoking, Frank? Yeah, I had the um, God. I always have to pull the fucking. It's a Padron uh, Damascus. Is Damaso. Damaso, yeah. And it, here's what I'll say. Okay, so Brian nailed it. Um, it it is like smoking, an like a like a Connecticut leaf amaretto cigar. Okay, an amaretto liqueur, and, like almond liqueur. Yes, yeah, and. So anybody that knows me and my cigar smoking habits, the less harsh it is, the more I like it. Yeah. And for a person that likes a light cigar, uh, wants to smoke it on a nice night, like tonight, I think it's like 81 degrees out here with the breeze. Um, that's, that's my go-to and I, I buy them by the box. I literally just got through my second box in the past year and a half. So that doesn't say much, no, um, but, but it's 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 just one of those cigars that I never smoke and, and like the next day have this chalky, ashy, you know, like I, I don't have that issue with the cigar. And it's granted it's not the cheapest cigar, but it's it's totally worth my money for me. What I was going to say is for the 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 quote unquote average cigar smoker. That Damaso, the Padron Damaso, is like a special occasion cigar, and yeah, I, I, but it is fucking really, really good. Uh, and this is one of the things that I was going to bring up on this podcast tonight. Um, fucking a combination of Frank talking about uh, cigars and uh, a dude I follow on Twitter who like woke me up to the fact that Gurkha cigars, which I used to really, really love. Um, the owner of Kahan Sosha is a fucking asshole. Um, he turned me onto that. Uh, both of them got me like rejuvenated into my love of cigars, which I have over the last four weeks of not being on this podcast. I've really, really reignited to the point where I smoked two cigars this afternoon. Um, as I was finishing up work from home and, uh, after I was off the clock, I uh, just kick them back and, really enjoying cigars and um, Armenian genocide um, documentaries. It was a weird afternoon, fellas. That's quite quite the combination. <laughs> it was a weird afternoon. But this afternoon I smoked uh, La, Go- uh, La Gloria uh, Cubano, mm-hmm. the Esteli, which is a cute little Corona, uh, but it packs a freaking punch uh, as far as a small cigar goes. And then I smoked the La Aurora Black Lion Cameroon, which is... Frank, you do know I, I do know I do like big flavored cigars. Mm-hmm. Cameroon wrapper from La, La Aurora is fucking phenomenal. And by the way, uh, two five packs of these cigars set me back a whopping a whopping twenty four dollars. So, like for people who want to try out cigars, who want good smokes, they're out there. They're available. Go pick them up. As a matter of fact, listen. I, wait, wait, wait. Let's just before we move on. That particular cigar brand, La Aurora, is incredible. Okay, so you're talking about the only reason they're cheap, and people need to know this, is they have they're they're the oldest Dominican cigar brand. First off, second, um, lands paid for, so you're you're getting a cigar at a really good value. They don't need to up the price every year. 
Um, brand value wise, boy, it is it is very difficult to beat that brand. It, it, it's there there, and I'm talking to the light stuff. I know the heavy stuff is good too because I have smoked that. I just don't pick them out. Um, but dude, it, it, it's it's hard to beat that brand. I've got several of their cigar cutters because they in the dr if you go to weddings normally they send uh their rollers to these weddings because people know them you know like it's like a thing and uh they, they offer that service and it's fucking phenomenal cigars so frank i know i texted you my <laughs> my unnecessarily minute by minute update of me smoking no i loved it that, i loved it I, I smoked a la florida Manicana leggero which frank suggested a couple weeks ago um I smoked that thing down to the fact, like to the point where it was like burning my fingers. It was so low, but it was not burning my lungs, which was, it's a sign for me of a good cigar. Um, but while I was, I was drinking and, uh, like testing scotches, different scotches and, uh, bourbons like paired with that cigar. I was pretty intoxicated to the point where I joined a cigar club that night. <laughs> I joined a, a monthly subsc- a cigar subscription. And then if that wasn't enough, Frank, I know I texted you about that. Uh, I did not text you about the Cigars International order that I placed that was mm. the, it's the Dominican grab bag. Okay. Mm. So this thing set me back a, wha- a whopping $35 because um, mm. shipping was free. Do you want to take a guess? Anyone want to take a guess how many cigars are about to come in on Friday for me? Uh, 30. Okay. 30 30 jesus christ um i'm gonna go yes i'm gonna go 20 non-branded hand rolled cigars okay nope it is it's fucking 40 cigars (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) 40 cigars for 35 dollars now i know some of them will be either unbanded or like they'll be small like cheap smokes obviously but the cool thing about Cigars International is that they will take big brands like La Flor Dominicana and La Aurora, and they will find like if you buy you know uh, two five packs or you know three five packs, four five packs, which would be a, a box, you know, twenty cigars in a box. Let's say you go to order four four five packs. Well, let's say two of the cigars in that box are like they can't they won't sell them because of whatever reason. Like if they've been damaged in shipping, the wrapper's a little bit scuffed at the end, they won't sell them. Well, that leaves three cigars that are open. Like they can't sell them in a five pack. So Mm -hmm. what they'll do is they'll throw them in a grab bag. They're still fucking phenomenal cigars, international quality cigars that may be $10 a stick that'll end up in a grab bag (laughs) like that. And I know this because this is how I used to smoke cigars in college. I used to get, with every order of cigars that I would purchase, I would throw in what they call a brown bag special. And those brown bag specials are onesies and twosies that are left over from boxes or mm. that can't sell for in you know, five packs, ten packs, whatever. So you can get some good cigars. That's how I used to smoke Grey Cliffs, Frank. Like Grey Cliffs back when mm. we were in college were like $20 a stick. And I got mm-hmm. several grab bags with Grey Cliffs in them. And, you know, Shit. at the time, they were fucking phenomenal cigars. And they, they were phenomenal cigars. Um, but, like, you know, I'm, uh, and it's also, I'm, I'm also not, I'm not a, a, a brand whore. Like, I won't just, you know, buy a, buy a cigar right, so based on, on a brand. Wait, wait, wait. Before we go into that, because that's, I, I wanted to make a point about that. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, so let's quickly play Willem out, because he needs to go. I know he's got a drop for oh, that. Oh, very sorry, Willem. Uh, oh, you're fine. I'm going to hit you. I'm going to hit you with. I feel like this is your speed. 
<laughs> I thought there was something specific. Okay. No, no, it's Ric Flair drip, bro. Like, I mean, he does he does have a specific drop. He's just forgetting about it. There's there's a door that closes and Willem leaves, yes. and he, he forgot uh, about that drop. I just want to make sure that you're you're good. You didn't have anything you wanted to plug or anything you wanted to say to the people before you leave. Um, do you have anything to plug or want to say? No, just thank you for listening. <laughs> And uh, I'll catch you guys next time. On the flip side. More regularly, yeah? Yes, definitely more regularly. I appreciate that. All right. right. Peace, Willem. Bye, Willem. Okay. So so to to get back to your point, Brian, um, I think it's more than just brand whores. It's these, like, you have country whores, right? Yeah, and in the cigar world, it's like okay. So if we're if we're gonna compare it to like a uh, whatever uh, beer world, there are New England IPAs in Texas that are very good and very akin to style, right? right. So Celestial's one of them. Tups is another. Um, you don't need to go stand in line at Treehouse to have something that is ninety five percent Treehouse. Okay, right. so. When it comes to when it comes to uh, um, the the cigar whore, it's even worse. The brand because whore in the cigar world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay, so uh, this this padron, right? Padron is a is a not well loved but known brand, right? Okay, um, and it's not well loved for this simple reason that it's a very clean cigar. People like more robust shit. It's a, it's what I like to call a, a boutique brand, not in the yeah. same way that you would see like a boutique wine brand that's like branded for a celebrity, but it's boutique in that like you know what you're. It's the Macallan of fucking cigars. You yeah. know what you're getting, and you know that you're getting quality, mm-hmm. and that quality is very un, like fortunately and unfortunately middle of the road. It's middle of the road, correct. Um, and and I'm the kind of person who, if I'm going to buy a box of something, I need that consistency, right? Mm-hmm. So. I had Which is a good whatever a good feeling to have, by the way, Frank. Exactly. So 24, 24 sticks, mm-hmm. every single. So, so the other thing that you were talking about is what's a good stick. A good stick is something that smokes cold but warm. If if you know what I'm saying, like warming, we're talking about something flavors, when, but doesn't burn your mouth when it's going exactly. So you. you're you're sucking it in, and you can tell there's oxygen mixed into this fucking cigar. Um, what's frustrating is when you smoke it and you're, it's like it's like sucking through a straw that's been bit shut. Yeah. Um, that shit makes me like I literally have in the past, if I'm not in the mood for it, put that cigar out and gotten another stick. Um, with Padron, I've only had one in a box of 24 on average that is tight. OK, that consistency is very difficult to come by mm-hmm. uh, in the cigar world. If you're buying boxes, I buy boxes because. Quite you, frankly, I support our local guys, and you also and, know exactly what you like. So why would you buy any, buy mixes of anything? Exactly, it's I'm not out there like I'm not a cigar connoisseur, as they would say, right? Like I will buy the box, and they'll always throw in some shit where they're like Francois or Frank. We know, <laughs> we know, we know you enjoy this style, but try this. Like the guys down here know me and. Well, I trust the guys. With, you can say what we're talking about the cigar vault, cigar in vault, the cigar vault in Buda, Texas, about to be the cigar vault in East Austin as well. Hey, um, I saw I saw a mural go up. Is that what it was for? That's right. That's, how, not, that's awesome. 
I personally don't think there's a better cigar store I've ever been in. Um, it's the knowledge of the staff about what you're smoking and the uniqueness of what they carry is out of this fucking world. Like you'll go, Oh, Hey, I like, okay. So if you walk in there and you go, I like Romeo and Julieta, which is like the, the basic fucking it's the, entry it's, level cigar. It's brand, the Sierra right? Nevada of, of cigar brands. Exactly. Great cigar, but not something that I want to smoke if I'm going to a cigar bar. Right. Okay. They'll go, okay, you like that. Why do you like it? That's literally what they'll ask. Be like, okay, I, do you like it because it's light? Do you like it because it has, you know, like Romeo Julieta has some spiciness to it? Or do you like it because it's like $7 a stick? Or do you like it because of the price? Yep. Um, and, and yeah, they'll go through that kind of selection profile and they'll be like, well, I like it because of the price. I'll go, okay, uh, so you need something in that price range. Great. Uh, do you like spicier or kind of neutral flavor, you know, like, mm -hmm. are you more Connecticut, Connecticut? Are you more Connecticut Robusto? You know, like they go through that mm -hmm. and then they explain to you like, oh, when you're tasting the pepper, that's normally kind of like a spicier tobacco with a light wrapper. Like yeah. they, they go through it and they know what they're talking about. And they turned me on after kind of two or three smokes to this cigar and I've never changed. Um, they keep introducing new things, and that's why I, I had that Florida Minicana because um, Kirby down here was like, I think you'll like it, and I do like it, uh, but I only like it because um, – uh, sorry, you're right. You're right. Uh, it's a Maduro is what I was talking about. Yeah, you said um, it the other night, and I meant to bring it up to you, but yeah. Robusto is in reference to the size and shape of a cigar. Ma I apologize. Maduro. No, because in, in wine, <laughs> it's Robusto a, is the way that you describe the depth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. Um, so, no, okay, yeah, sorry about that. That was a slip-up. Yeah, so it's Maduro. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so so Kirby turned me on to the Florida Minicana, and he goes, you know, this is a Connecticut leaf, but it is, it, it's a little bit aged. It's going to smoke light, but it's also going to have some really kind of, you know, Maduro-like flavor mm -hmm. or robust flavor. Um, and uh, he, was, he was spot on. It's just I can't do a case of it. Yeah. I need one or two smokes of that a year. Um, and, and yeah, I, I'm going to finish the plug by saying if you're ever in Austin, East Austin's about to have a cigar vault. Don't fuck around. There, there's not a better place in Texas, in my opinion, to buy cigars. There just isn't. <clears throat> Do they hold repu they hold a reputation across the country? And I didn't realize this honestly until you were on uh, that Herf, the Herf podcast. Yeah, um, the Herfcast, I think it was like two years ago when the dude was like, yeah, we traveled all the way down here, the, the cigar vault in Buda, Texas. I was like, what the fuck? This dude's from like Ohio somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And he traveled in. I didn't realize they also have, there's a cigar fest that happens every year in Austin. And the, and like yep. outside, because the one that he was covering was a traveling, is kind of like the American Homebrewers Conference where it goes from city to city. Um, no, this is like an international festival. Well, yeah, no, they hold a separate festival that is uh, in Austin every year, and I forget mm -hmm. what they call it, something like Weasel Fest or some shit like that, which makes sense. I mean, they have whiskey mooches and they have cigar weasels. That makes sense that that all plays together. But uh, that place in Austin, uh, Frank, when you took me there, I guess it was like a year and a half ago. Um, no, it was on my birthday, so it was it was, but it less wasn't than a year ago. What in twenty nineteen? It was like really? 20, yeah, no, because uh, well, maybe it fuck. I think it, it was, was twenty nineteen. It was twenty nineteen. It was okay. It was. So almost a year no, ago. Because but it, 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 honestly, like we go there for my birthday, and Kirby's first thing was like, 
the, I go, Kirby, that's Brian. And he walked over. The dude goes, I met. Brian. John. Was it Brian or was it Brian? Brian, Brian was, was the one oh, I met Brian, because yeah. he goes, Brian. I've been talking. I've been talking about my buddy, Brian, who is like, like, I was like, dude, I'm a basic bitch when it comes to cigars. This dude will smoke anything that you think is value mm-hmm. and like is, is delicious. And they turned you on to, um, was it a Gurkha? No, it wasn't Gurkha because I, 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 I've smoked just about every Gurkha under $20. What was it? Uh, it was, I don't remember what the fuck. It, oh, it was um, uh, Arturo Fuente. That's right. That's right. That's what, because oh, it was a sun, it, it wrong, was like a yes. sun grown or sunshade or some shit like that. Shade it was grown. a green wrapper. Yeah, it was, well, it was green ish because I've had, those are called Candela wrappers and I've had a, a plenty of those because I love Candela wrappers. Mm-hmm. Um, Candela wrappers for non-cigar smokers are like Frank said, they're bright green and they are fucking odd looking. They look like, this was a little bit aged. Green. This was an was aged not, green. It was not bright. Yeah. Uh, Candela wrappers look like, um, for those of you cheap bastards out there who used to drink uh, 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 purple Kool-Aid or uh, cheap purple, uh, like Walmart brand purple Kool-Aid, grape Kool-Aid, uh, it's that that color turd green. That's what it is. And I say that out of all, if you never had a green turd, it was because of fucking the purple food coloring in Kool-Aid and or Walmart brand grape Kool-Aid. Swear to God, look it up. It's fucking true. Uh, but that's the color green that this cigar is. And when you see it, you're like, that's not right. I shouldn't be smoking that. That's not a cigar. That's something else. That's been artificially mm-hmm. colored. But no, it's the aging process that that leaf goes under. Um, and because all cigars can be. It looks, I mean, it looks a little bit like green poop. It, that's, well, that's exactly what I said. A green turd, man. I anyway, know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the one that you showed. I didn't it, mean to repeat, but it does. It, it does. looks it looks like green. It looks like yeah. green. Uh, but when, the one that they that Brian down at the cigar vault, Brian spelled the wrong way. Um, down at the cigar vault, and I gave him shit when I met him. I was like, "How do you spell your name?" And he's like, "B R I." And I go, "Ah, I don't know that I can trust you for anything," because um, that's the wrong way you spell Brian. Um, he was like, "Oh, he showed Frank this Arturo Fuente," and I was like, "Hey, if it's good for him, let's let's smoke it." And it was fucking phenomenal. But what I was gonna say is, when you go into the place, it is like. The quintessential, it is like you step back in time to like uh, Deadwood era, like saloon style, mm-hmm. but with modern amenity, uh, amenities. And it is. Amenities. I like amenities better. You know what? It's very rare that I slip up the tongue like that, but amenities no, but is you the know, new thing. Here's the question, right? So they're about to introduce Irregardless to the Oh, uh, no, they're not. Dictionary. No, they're not. They are. They are. Oh, yeah. Parker's going to have they an just aneurysm. Accepted it. <laughs> <laughs> they just accepted it for 2021, and I know on this podcast, I was—I uh, guess you could call it breaking new waves. Because uh, um, the number of times that I've said that and been corrected, and honestly, I was using a new age word. Oh, you're progressive. I was using lit. I was using lit before lit was a thing. Sure, okay? you were, Frank. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no. Okay. So the amenities that you find in that in that cigar vault are f- modern as fuck. So when you go into the cigar vault, for those of you who don't know and haven't heard us talk about it in, in the past, it's literally, it's based in an old bank in Buda, Texas. And the cigar vault is called that because the humidor is located in the old vault of the bank. And when you think of a vault, you think of this large, like fucking Richie Rich style, like twist and turn and dials to get this giant door to open up. In olden times, uh, back in the 1800s in central Texas, you find a vault that's like the size of a closet. 
And when, mm-hmm. so when I when I saw this vault, I was like, oh, fuck, this place is going to suck. Frank didn't know what he was talking about. Honestly, first first thoughts of me when I saw them open that door. And then we opened the door. I mean, because I saw, okay, as a person who's known to overhype things. Frank is um, he's been guilty a time that, or two. Know, like he's he's not yeah, a, to me to me. I'm an atmosphere kind of guy. And uh-huh. if the atmosphere is good, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know, yeah. I'm a big fan. Uh-huh. Yeah. No. And honestly, the atmosphere was great. So I was like, okay, all right, well, this vault's going to be tiny. I'm sure they're going to have like four cigars in there. And then I saw the selection that they had. And when you walk into most humidors, everything's ordered like alphabetically, usually by brand. Um, and this was roughly done that way, if I remember correctly. But the most important part was the selection and the variety of selection. That's what I was going to say. They didn't have most, like, most of these places have reps come in and say buy xyz and from you, us and then you get x or you get abc yeah this place and this place is clearly uh idgaf i'm gonna buy what i want to buy and i'm gonna cultivate a selection that is fucking sick and that's exactly I mean, what they every did. single stick in that vault and this is to a fucking t honestly if you can make the trip do uh, it and i know you Stay at my house. It is worth it. Like you're talking. No, you're talking about every stick is smoked before it goes in there. Um, it's 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 the most well cultivated cigar selection in Texas by far. Yeah. Um, and it's at every price point. You're not talking about people who are snobs. Ninety mm-hmm. percent. I mean, the dude who owns the fucking place drives. Okay. Did you know? that in the 1980s, Toyota made a Ford Ranger type pickup truck mm-hmm. in the U.S., okay? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I, I always saw those trucks around my farm in the, South Africa, but not here. Yeah. Uh, this dude has a puke yellow uh, version of that truck with cigar vault emblazoned on the sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, dude, it's 99.9% their passion and like 0.01% um, for the money. They, they just, they know exactly what they're doing yep. and the desert that cigars are in the central United States. If you go to New York, you will find a place just like this. You go to, you go um, to any place with big fast money. Yeah. That's where you, that's that you find places like this with the, I'm sorry, the selection like this, not places like this selection like this. Yeah. We're not talking about atmosphere and, and, and kind of, cause yeah, there's the camaraderie is not there in those not places, at all. but but the knowledge is, and and they have c- cigar essentially sommeliers that like know what the fuck they're talking about. Um, these guys are untrained. They smoke a shit ton of cigars, and they know exactly what you want. It's like going to a good head shop, you know. Like it's it's like going to okay. So to speak it in beer terms, like we were doing earlier with cannabis, if Brian were to run a fucking cigar shop, this would be Brian's cigar shop. Yeah. Like it, like the way the way I would run a beer shop and the way I talk about beer, these people talk about cigars. It is not yeah. about what cigars they think are best. It's they're walking you through what cigars they would suggest for your palate. And that is so important when you're trying to fucking cultivate a, a, an educated market. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what these people have done. And they've done an amazing job. Frank, you remember, uh, I know you've heard me talk about uh, the Crowded Barrel and the Wizard Marketing School out in Dripping Springs, the the whiskey, the, the whiskey vault in Dripping Springs. Yep. Um, Crowded Barrel being the, the distillery that, that the whiskey vault like branched off of. One of the founding members and the the guy who started the Whiskey Sommelier School out at the Wizard Academy in Dripping Springs, 
he is really good friends with Brian and the other owner, I guess, Kirby. Um, yeah. The members. Well, of Kirby, the- Kirby's not an owner. Brian is the manager. And then there's another guy. I won't name him because whatever. He's the, a little bit bigger, but yeah, the, 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 he is the management group at the cigar. Vault. He They're is great really, friends. really good friends with yeah. the people at cigar vault. So he makes whiskey and cigar pairings that are fucking on point because he knows what he's talking about with whiskey and the people at the cigar vault know what they're talking about cigars Mm -hmm. and seeing those two things married together is fucking magic for nerds like myself and 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 people who appreciate fucking like you said well-made cigars and i know you appreciate well-made whiskeys like those are two things that are they're luxuries. They're not something that are like everyday necessities. Yeah, absolutely and, not an everyday item for most people. Well, and for the, and, and for those of like myself, I don't consider myself a fucking luxury purchaser, but I do appreciate the things that I do purchase. And I want to make sure that they're well worth my, my expense. They're well worth my, the, the money that I'm spending on it. So, and, and it, so I think to an even bigger point, right? Like it's, and this is where I think beer needs to get to a little bit. Um, really, really well-made cigars, really, really well-made wine, very accessible. Right. Um, I get very frustrated on the beer front when you quote me a price point and it's, it's kind of random, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's almost to a point where, okay, so, so I had tonight and I, I didn't send the picture, but you could post it on Instagram if you'd like, cause the wife took a good one. Yeah. Um, Carbach wheat. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just came to the market. Uh, I personally think great wheat beer, uh, see nothing wrong with it. Um, it's, it's for what they charge. It's a great wheat beer, but I know for a fact, once that thing goes rolling, it's going to be seen as like a shit wheat beer. And it's unfortunate it's- in the cigar world that doesn't exist. And in the wine world, it does not exist. So it's the reason you can get drawn to a $5 cigar is because people are open to it. They're like, oh, okay, you think it's good? It's one smoke. It's one fucking beer, people. Like, stop with this bullshit. And that's, that's what it boils down to. Like, so the one thing that I, that I, that gravit, it pulled me to the whiskey tribe. Um, yeah. And the magnificent bastards of the whiskey tribe is their mantra is the best whiskey in the world is the whiskey you like to drink the way you like to drink it. Yeah. And same that, with cigars. That should be the same. Yeah, I was going to say that should be the same with every luxury item. And we so often look at beer as not a luxury item, but an everyday item or like a, yep. a poor man's item when in fact it's a luxury and you should. Well, hold on. Wait, wait, let's back up just one second. There is nothing poor man's about beer. Well, nowadays. and that's the, but the, but you you and I understand that beer you, you beer by to, the ounce is one of the most expensive products in alcohol. Well, I mean, whiskey is going to be fucking way up there in an ounce. No, okay, hold on. Alcohol by volume? No, no alcohol by volume. Yeah, you're right. Uh, because yeah, that, it, I mean, but that's that's how you judge alcohol. It's like you know, like right. by the ounce, by volume. Well, if you think about way more expensive than anything else. Uh, yes, especially when it comes to yield, uh, final yield, yeah. first start of yield. Yeah, oh yeah, you're you're absolutely correct. But at the same and time, that's not knocking beer. I'm just saying, like, it, stop being so fucking fragile, narrow minded. Yeah. yeah, just stop it. In and that's 
I'm guilty just of what you just said, Frank. When you said Carbock wheat, I was like, ah, fuck Carbock and piece of shit. But it's because of my previous experiences with Carbock up here in Dallas uh, and hearing yeah, but okay, our so sweet, let's let's run through it real quick. Hearing our sweet Love baby. Street. Hearing our sweet Love baby, streets. hearing our sweet baby Parker's experience with Carbock and getting yeah. bent over a barrel backwards by their Oktoberfest that was over sixteen months old. Uh, but yes, Love Street is a great beer. I actually have a Love Street sticker on my kegerator. I don't have shit beer stickers on my kegerator, but I got a Love Street on there. Hopadillo can kick rocks and eat shit. Get the fuck out of here. Um, uh, Rodeo Clown can fucking eat bags of dicks. As a matter of fact, Rodeo Clown was on the list of shit that I got right on my Cicerone tasting test because they choose uh, local examples for uh, beers in their commercial examples uh, like availability. Rodeo Clown was on there and I correctly identified it as being a giant piece of shit um, and having several off flavors which they, admittedly, they spiked with but it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Uh, but Carbock beers for me, like I've stopped after a while. So now that you've said that they're wheat, which is like everything under the sun wheat or something like that, right? Yeah, I think it's everything under the sun is what it's called. I, I've seen billboards for it. Um, I would not have normally I, bought it, but now that you've given it a positive, maybe I'll, maybe yeah, I'll pick but, it up. Uh, okay, so so let's just back up. I want to apologize. I don't mean to interrupt. I got fired up. Um, second, <laughs> the, the wheat beer review, right? It's... Remember, you're going against Boulevard. You're going against Blue Moon. Like, well, I'm not Boulevard I'm not Blue Moon different you. wheat beers, but yes, for the mass market, I understand what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not judging you by a standard like small production wheat beer, right? Um, because quite frankly, I think that's more difficult to produce in small batches to be consistent. Um, so I find that the wheat beers that I enjoy that aren't totally fucked are the big brands and the, the, the Carbock wheat to me um, is something that I would enjoy a six to 12 pack of on a weekend. Like, I just think it's a good beer. There's nothing wrong with it. It's not, is it the best wheat beer I've ever had? No, but the best wheat beer you've ever had. Can you remember it? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. But that's, that's the average user or average listener. Yes. I, I, I yeah. believe you. So uh, it's just like t- to me, Right, it's a it's a it's a niche category that people have in the summer, yeah. and you'll you'll enjoy the Carbock, and it's just like you enjoyed Love Street, because Love Street is wheat too, isn't it? No, Love Street's a Kolsch. It's a Kolsch. Okay, sorry. Okay, yeah. So was- the 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 uh, the the Love Street is a good Kolsch, um, but you know, Frank, myself, I am a stickler for Kolsches in particular, as well as wit beers. Uh, and in general, uh, what we classify as American wheats. So I do pay attention to these things, uh, fortunately for me and unfortunately for people around me when it comes time to describe beer flavors. But I wanted to cover one thing real quick before we got off cigars and beer. Um, uh, cigar and beer pairings. I know we, we like to enjoy both of these things, um, but if the people... Oh, is there a bullfrog in the oh, background? Hell is that a bullfrog. <laughs> Um, but b- before we before we move on, uh, I just want to give you guys a heads up. If you want to enjoy beer and cigars, um, I encourage you. Um, coming from a person of uh, an educated beer my- background and a person who's fucking tried to do this several several times, don't try to buy a high end beer that pairs well with any cigar. 
Cigars are going to win as far as flavor goes 100% of the time. Buy you a beer that complements the cigar and buy a beer that is accessible and uh, easy to get. Um, do not think that you're going to sit down with a Bourbon County Stout and pair it with a cigar and have an enjoyable experience because you will regret wasting that Bourbon County Stout on a cigar. Um, sit down and find a good Connecticut leaf wrapper, a good spicy uh a, a, a spicy a, like white pepper cigar and pair it with a fucking wheat beer. Like you were talking about the Carbock or a, fuck even a blue moon is fucking a great pairing for a Connecticut leaf wrapper. If you've got, okay. So, so agreed. Um, what I found, and this is, this is weird because you know, I don't drink this kind of beer. Um, find, find a total opposite pairing. So those are what we, a sour beer. It's what we call contrasting, uh, contrasting yeah. pairings. Find a sour beer, have a cigar with it. Find uh here's no, I'm gonna stop you there. I, I agree. Contrasting flavors I did, no, contrasting but I did flavors that. good. And it was good. But the yeah. issue is sour beers for majority of people out in the market, sour beers are way more expensive. And you will not unless you don't like sour beers, you're not going to get the same experience. Frank okay, but one does second. not that's, like that's sour beers. Gonna, wait. wait, I was gonna get to that. So the only beers that I've been able to pair with cigars successfully are not cheap. Okay. So if, if you're looking for a cigar beer pairing, definitely go with your cheapest beers. Um, if you actually want to do it relatively correctly, in my opinion, go with something that you've got aged wine barrel beer, you know, like if you if you've got a Firestone Walker, I, the um, point, it works. The it, point dude, I did this with the Merlin. It the works. point. The point that I'm trying to make is not that those they don't exist. Is that if you want the best of it. both worlds, get yeah. you a beer that 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 uh, complements the cigar that you're smoking that's accessible. Otherwise, for the majority of people, you're uh, right. Who are trying to pair beer and cigars, the cigar is going to win a thousand percent of the time. Absolutely. You're, you're totally right. And, and, and you, you and if I you're, are... If, you, if you're actually trying to do it, my only point is if you're actually trying to do it, understand the cost is a thing. Like it's not, you know, like you're going to overpower everything unless you get something that's also ever overpowering any beer. You know, like it's like... Yeah, no, I mean, I've got a buddy who literally gets invited to estates to go on cigar tours and smokes the rarest of the rare cigars and he doesn't drink. And him and I were talking, you know, one afternoon, you know, evening, sitting by his pool because one of those guys... And he's got a pool, bougie as fuck. Got a pool, got a fucking outdoor fan and outdoor TV. I'm like, well, can there be Woo, any more op- peak opulence all across? And we're smoking cigars. Like, what the fuck? Anyway, he was talking to me. He was like, what would, you, what beer would you pair with this? Because he knows I'm into beer. And I was like, honestly, I wouldn't. I would pair a fucking whiskey with this. Mm-hmm. I would probably pair a bourbon with this. You know, because we were smoking something that was that was a little spicy. I was like, well, get a fucking Tennessee whiskey, a high proof Tennessee whiskey or a, a straight Kentucky bourbon high proof would be fucking amazing with this. And we talked about it and I was like, it becomes like complimentary. Like you Absolutely. match, match flavors for flavors and you can't get any more flavors in my opinion for the cigar that we're smoking than a straight Kentucky, like barrel proof bourbon. But that ain't beer. And honestly, even the most flavorful beers, rarely do they stack up to the flavors of a cigar. And if you're going to enjoy both, why not just indulge in them separately? No, you're right. You're right. Um, I mean, what, what, what you're ending up with is cigars, because of their insane, intense flavor, needs high-proof alcohol. Like, it's, it's just, 
unless you're fucking around with the 12% beer, don't even try. Because wine pairs well with cigars all the time. Not white wine, no. red wine. Red, so you, you need you need the red wine type flavor profile, vintage red wine, the high alcohol. That's yeah. what you need. Yeah, and the dryness. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it, those those are that's a great pairing. Uh, but rarely do you find a beer that can stand up to that within the accessible price range. And absolutely, I, I, I say accessible based on my opinion. Like under no, you're under right. ten dollars. Absolutely correct. Under ten dollars a pour is should be accessible. <laughs> And that's that's not what you're going to pair with cigars. No, it's not. not I mean, if if you're looking at Firestone Merlin, I think last time I checked was like twenty two bucks for a fucking for a bomber five. Yeah, it's, yeah, for big bombers of those. Yeah, and honestly, if you're doing single pours of them, like a, tw- a twelve ounce bottle, which Firestones switched their vintage bottles to, like yeah. it's just not worth it. Just enjoy it on its own it's and not. enjoy them separately. Uh, if but you're it, lucky if enough you, to do if it, if you have the money to fuck around, it's it's a good pairing. You know what? If you have the it's money, it's not. If you have the money to fuck around, uh, message us over at No Beer Left Cast on Instagram or Twitter or at MBLB Twitter. DM us over there and ask us what a good high-end beer or cigar pairing would be, and I'll be glad to fucking hook you up. Yeah, let's um, do it. Anyway, uh, we're joined by the Bullfrog uh, Burp Champ of the evening. Um, long-time, long-time listener, first-time first time joiner this quarter, uh, Mr. Parker. Parker, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing very well. Thank you. Oh, God, it's good to hear your velvety voice. Yeah. God, yeah. It's just, bullfrog. I mean, it's like he's about to give an... Bullfrog was a good friend of mine. <laughs> it's like he's about to give us an earnings report. I know. Oh, How did like, we do last quarter? That one, Jane. Look, yeah. I know it's been a while, guys. It has yeah, been a well, while. Well, you know. See, he Still did it. Yeah, hey. this has not been... A, but fucked it up again. Parker, Parker, Parker. I started off this podcast by telling everyone that I spent a good twenty minutes listen, like looking for a stained. It's been a while. MIDI tones that I could play, like bring me in because I always say it's been a while. Exactly, but I didn't know if you're gonna join, and I couldn't find any MIDI tones. But we found a lot of fucking white, probably supremacist online playing guitars to Stained. You know, something tells me there's quite a bit of white supremacist followers of Stained. Yeah, it's something. It's that dude looked like he should be the lead. Peter on that uh, American History X movie. It's funny Absolutely. you say that because he is. Uh, look up what oh, the fucking really? lead singer of Stained is doing now. Yeah, he Aaron is. Lewis. Aaron Lewis. Yeah, yeah. He's been he's wow. been a, a birther from a long time back for Obama. And uh, guess who he's a big fan of at the moment? <laughs> Cops. Uh, anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, real quick, um, you guys were talking about Carbock Love Love Street, and I still got. Little uh, bad taste in my mouth from Carbach. Uh, Did I not tell you, Frank? I I know, I know. I I stood up for you, Parker. Yeah, I still haven't. uh, I don't think I've had any Carbach since that. Me either, honestly, because of your experience. Well, you know, I respect. Yeah, it's kind of like the uh, um, founders thing. Kind of like fuck them. Well, it's a um, little different. I don't think Carbach uh, made any black people. No, go hold on, to wait, wait, wait. But you haven't been you haven't been affronted by Carbach yet, so it could be similar. True. They oh. didn't make me use a different printer. <laughs> Real quick, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I can't let it go by. The fucking anger that I have in my soul 
Uh, I don't know if y'all have heard the Black is Beautiful um, brand stouts that have been going out that people... Why? Why? Hold, hold, hold. Black is Beautiful. It's a it's something started by the Weathered Souls Brewing Company in San Antonio where all profits for anybody who brews this beer, it's a t- base 10% stout um, branded with Black okay, is Beautiful. Okay, but it's beautiful. a recipe. Yeah, it's a recipe that people, uh, okay, both okay. professional and home brewers, are buying and all proceeds of each one of those recipes and um, sales of those recipes... Uh, go to local charities that they've identified that okay. the Weathered Souls has also um, helped identify as being good charities to give to um, to help support people of color in each community. Okay, while that's great for places yeah. like Denton, which Armadillo is brewing a Black is Beautiful Celestial just rent through their Black is Beautiful beer. Where at Brian? Oh, I'm sorry, Denton. Denton and Denton Armadillo has brewed their Black is Beautiful beer, which should be available in the next couple weeks, which you bet your goddamn ass that I'll be there buying. But national brands are also hopping into it. Ballast Point announced yesterday. I don't know why the fuck Ballast Point is brewing it, but you know what? If they're fucking bringing some good to San Diego, Chicago, and wherever the fuck else they're based out of, fine, whatever. But the one problem I do have is Fucking Founders is brewing a Black is Beautiful beer. Oh, gosh, the irony there. Which is fucking infuriating to me. <laughs> yeah, that's so that's why I got mad. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 predictable that they would hop on. God, that's infuriating. How did that make it past, like, the, the drawing board, like, the boardroom? Like, surely you would have thought somebody would have been like, you know what, guys, let's... Uh, Let's let's set this one out. Yeah, exactly. Sit it out. Like there's there's absolutely no there's no there's no uh, self reflection in any actions that they've taken for the past three six years. Years? Three. No, it's been six. No, it's been three. They got they had the actual lawsuit. Hold on, wait. They had the actual lawsuit lawsuit three years ago, but two, then yeah. two and three years before that, they had several complaints. Didn't reach lawsuits because they settled. Right, which so okay, internally okay. it's been six years. I, their, their owners have made the fucking worst decisions, uh, up to and including hiring a diversity, uh, diversity manager, chief. which she gave them all the right options to take, and they took none of them. Which is yeah. real quick. Why the fuck would you do that? Why would you hire? Let's take from a manufacturing standpoint. If you hired a quality control manager, why would you listen to nothing that they fucking said? Uh, the same can go for a diversity manager who gives you every right move to make and you take none of them. Why the fuck would you do that? Anyway, so those of you out there who want to buy the Black is Beautiful, Black is Beautiful beer, please absolutely do so. 99.9% of the breweries, surface level at least, have made the right decision in brewing this beer to donate to the right, the right people. Founders... I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I, I hope I hope that what money you gain goes to the right people. That money is not going to come from me. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Uh, I, I still, to this day, to this day, and I'll, I, I promise I will start tweeting it more because, so to, for proof that I'm actually doing it, I flip off KBS as it sits on the shelf because mm-hmm. no one's fucking buying it. And that makes me happier than a pig in shit. Honestly, I'm so Dude. happy that KBS is sitting on the shelves with coupons, literally like $5 off coupons on the fucking box that says like, Hey, if you buy this, you'll get $5 off any other. No, because, because beer. you know why KBS sold? It was only diehard beer people. So, so I bought KBS because I had heard it was good. And I, I believe that year that I bought it, I bought four yeah. bottles. 
Now, in the Austin area, that probably represents 2% of the KBS that was sent to the stores here. Like, it's it's not... KBS is 6, 10, like 60s, 10s per store. You're not talking about something that, like... Oh, well, how many cases well, they, they, of KBS? Do well, they you sell want? they sell a KBS by the case, but at the time, they may have been a twelve pack case, a twelve bottle case. Yeah, you're t- you're and, just talking about a, a small allotment per store. Like right. a, a store can't go. I want thirty cases and this of is, KBS, and That's this not is possible. way back in the. I mean, this is like five years ago that that yeah. was happening. So, so if if you're sitting there, you're like, okay, I'm going to buy KBS. Um, they should not be surprised that at this point people are having to pull fucking coupons to buy their beer. Um, right. Now, with that being said, I have an idea. Oh, okay. oh shit! Frank's got an idea. Parker, do you have uh, a I've pen? Got an idea. You have pen and paper. This is gonna get. This is gonna get real. You're on mute. He said something witty. I know it. Not really. I just said, yeah. Give me a second. Okay, got it. <laughs> What's your idea, Frank? Damn it! Disappointing. Could have gone Disappointing. without that. Disappointing. Yeah, it's like built up a turd palace. Um, uh, so. My thought process was maybe we buy our local versions and send them around to see how similar these are because I, I bet they're not. I bet. Well, I bet and that's like the, the, that's the, the amount of diversity in how you brew, right? Well, that's but it the, could be awesome. That's the, be I was really, gonna say. That's like, the beauty cool. of this beer, and in pa- in, his, in recent history, um, this this has gone on for other social like justice projects. In other words. Um, I know that they ha- that there have been national recipes where people have gotten behind and brewed the same thing. Sierra Nevada, uh, the campfires that happened in Northern California, um, they had a beer that m- yep. a lot of breweries brewed, and they said all proceeds were going to the victims of the campfires. Um, unfortunately, like fortunately, it raised a shit ton of money uh, to be given to those people who were affected by the fires in California. Unfortunately, it also showed a lot of breweries who mismanaged their profits and didn't contribute anything. And some people, like a third of what they were supposed to like uh, give give to the proceeds. But what that did was also expose people for what they were, which were bad business people. And that helps uh, consumers like us decide where we're going to give our money for the next thing that comes up like this. Um, but to your point, Frank, that happened. Uh, a lot of people with those campfire beers, uh, they shared across the country. They were like, hey, I'll give you six of my local campfire beers if you send me. And they were called, I think, Resilience, Resilient Ales or something like that. Um, they shared them back and forth across the country, and they compared them. They did verticals of them. It was, it was fucking fun. All the money went back to the people it was supposed to go to. So, like, it was just a good beer experience altogether. It's almost like a friendship bread, like exactly. sharing the yeast. It's, yeah. it's, you're you're absolutely right. right. It is. It is. There's a cool, a common thread there, like amongst everybody. The, 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 yeah, the black is beautiful thing is pretty cool. Um, I I like, I, I like the idea. I personally was taken aback by it based on uh, the beer culture people that I follow on Twitter. Um, they brought up a, a, a point that wasn't necessarily directed at Black is Beautiful, um, but they brought up the point of making profit on other people's pain um, yep. and bringing attention to that, which it made me kind of reflect on, one, how I buy products, not just beer, but products in general, um, but also look at which I, I thought I would, I was doing myself, but I realized I probably need to do more of, of researching like, Hey, if I buy a product that is like, Hey, all these, all these, um, profits are going to uh, X, Y, and Z charity, making sure they actually follow through with that. 
Yeah. Um, and that whole like uh, a profit off a of pain is important because like something like Black is Beautiful is not necessarily going to uh, one. It's, it's not like it's one specific uh, uh, charity that it's going to. You know what I mean? Like it's not going like, oh, all people mm-hmm. who've been even as something as simple and as universal has been locked up for protesting. Like it wasn't going toward that. It was going toward local uh, chapters of like uh, social equality uh, organizations. You know what I mean? It wasn't going to like one specific person or one specific family who's uh, been affected by this. Uh, It was literally a communal, a communal uplifting, which is, way more impactful and way more for lack of a better term traceable. So you know yeah. that you're, you're the brewery you're paying your money to isn't just going, Hey, okay, that's cool. We got all this money. And we're just going to put this right into my pocket because I've been really affected by this whole COVID-19 thing and, and moving on with it and calling it a day. Now this, this is a little more organic and fucking traceable. So it's it's but, a better Okay, thing. so 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 let's just all like we should address the other side of this, right? Like there's bound to be a segment of brewers out there that try to name things similarly. Yeah. Um Black Lives Matter stout or whatever. Yeah. Um <clears throat> like don't dabble in that. Uh understand that unless you're dealing with something that is actually supporting a cause um don't be fooled by it like okay so the reason i'm saying this is if y'all remember 2020 started with the fucking wildfires in australia okay and it seems like it's been a fucking decade but it's been six months when like three quarters of australia burned yeah um uh, where people live and um (laughs) oh well that's that's painful that hurts yeah (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I mean, Australia is the size of the United States. So it's it's like three quarters of it burning. Where people live. Would be one heck of a thing. Um, Especially when there's no grasslands and like 60%. Go go, go on, go on, go on, go on. Um, So, uh, no, so be like it is it is imperative that people understand where their money's going to your point, Brian. Like so, so southern Australia where the fires burned people are now realizing that over three quarters of the money that got committed to the cause never got to people. And in America, we're, we're a little bit smarter than that because we donate a shit ton of money every year. Like we are the most generous society and irrespective of, of our political disagreements or in the new uh, Webster's dictionary, irregardless of our uh, political disagreements, um, we, we shall not uh, normally be fooled to that extent. In Australia, they donated most of their money. Get this. The Salvation Army, the uh, Red Cross, okay, and then organizations who had never in the past managed any money. Like you're talking about things that like were $1 million charities now had $70 million, uh, to manage. So um, we we are normally a little bit, more advanced in that thinking, right? Because I don't know, like I don't donate money to the Red Cross when I see shit blowing up. Like I go search for a charity in a community that has a good track record. You know, like like I do some research. I just don't like fucking throw 
fucking shit on top of a fire hole. Yeah, why would you throw fucking shit on top of a fire hole? But I get it. Yeah. All that made sense. (laughs) Yeah, so it just doesn't make any sense. So in Australia, all of them got caught up. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about something that's actively burning in a community, and you don't just throw shit on top Fire of it. Roll. You try to find a charity that's actually throwing water on it. Okay, um, okay that makes sense. When you put it that um, way. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you guys gave me too long to think about it. I did. I'm uh, not going to introduce irregardless into the dictionary. That's no what way. Frank is claiming right now. No Okay, way. I'll find I'll find the source. I'll find the source. Um, so... That's that's what I'm saying, right? So you're 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 talking about a uh, 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 sort of an educated donation base, and it needs to happen in the beer world too. Because yes, black uh, black is beautiful is a great thing. There's no doubt about it. Um, but it would be a shame if people are supporting things that have nothing to do with the cause, and it will happen for sure. Like, there's no doubt that some asshole out in fucking bumfuck nowhere, Connecticut or bumfuck nowhere, uh, Virginia is going to take advantage of the fact that this beer is selling and they want to save their brewery. Right. I, what, and that's exactly what happened with the Resilience Ale from like for the campfires. That's exactly what happened was people used that to capitalize on whatever bit of profit they could gain and then thought that they could get away with not paying in the end. Which I just, I, I bring this whole thing up, one, to shit on founders for being fucking profiteering assholes, and two, yeah. to tell people like, hey, just make sure that your local brewery who's making this, uh, or the for the real beer nerds out there, your local homebrew shop that's selling this recipe branded with Black is Beautiful, because that's happening, make sure that your homebrew shop is providing those profits to the right organizations, or else find it elsewhere. Like, honestly, that's what yeah. it boils down to. I don't be smart. Be, be smart. Be smart with what you're doing. And uh, also, most importantly, fuck founders. Parker, what are you drinking tonight, buddy? <laughs> hey. Don't I, say old don't say fucking dirty backwards bastard from founders, because <laughs> that would really ruin the last twenty minutes. <laughs> Just crushed uh, seven all day IPAs God and damn it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 hey yo. That's a good fucking beer, though. <laughs> like, it sucks. It sucks. No, there's there so many more better than that. Based on based on I karma mean, it's alone, a good, it's a good beer. Promise you. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. Uh, on that note, New so Belgium. This one, yeah, this one is not um, as crushable because it's, it's. I don't think this is a session at all. Like no. all the NBA is, but I will say this one is a lot more crushable. Than the normal <laughs> anal ranger. Um, what what uh, what are you New drinking? Belgium, uh, Liquid Paradise IPA. It's I guess in the Voodoo Ranger portfolio. Um, Is, I don't even honestly, Brian. You, you're gonna have to elaborate on what they did okay. to the recipe to make it more. I think it's can a lighter, more summery beer. Hold me. it up to the camera and rotate it. I want to make sure I'm looking at the right one. Uh, there's some like horrible glare on this liquid paradise IPA. Is that the one? Okay. It's just liquid paradise. Okay. So here's the deal. Uh, new Belgium decided to rebrand their IPA as voodoo. Uh, and voodoo took on this fucking skeleton like character. Okay. And, uh, new Belgium voodoo, um, has several off branches. One of them being ranger. 
And another one being Imperial Ranger. Another mm-hmm. one being Liquid Paradise, which they decided to start introducing fruit juices into, as well as really uh, like fruit forward hops. Yeah. Uh, and then they they also had their rotating voodoo line, which right now their rotating voodoo line is 1985. And it, when I say it tastes like mango juice, go find your fucking Whole Foods brand mango juice, drink it, and then drink voodoo range or voodoo 1985. And it's the same fucking flavor. Just one has like six and a half percent alcohol. Mm. Um, it's fucking amazing. Liquid Paradise, though, I believe has passion fruit added to it. Let me, I've got untapped open right here because this is what I do when I'm on, um, when I'm, when I'm on a podcast with you fine folk. Uh, I get to start an untapped account, and I every time I drink new beers and at new breweries and all, all so on and so forth, you, I you don't need I to myself. Okay, so this this is no fruit juice. I was a one thousand percent wrong, but uh, the hops that they use create the flavors nice. of. Okay, so they are using Mosaic Incognito, which is a crossbreed of hops, as well as Azaka and Cascade. So Liquid Paradise boasts a melange of tropical notes to create a delicately bitter and extremely aromatic IPA, which from last year, uh, Parker, I hate to say this, but this is a, a beer that y'all just now got near market in Oklahoma. Um, last year, it did not do well in Texas. It did not make a comeback this summer. <laughs> uh, but I enjoyed it last year when it was here. I really did. I thought it was a it was a good mix up. It was like a it, it was like a good change up from somebody who throws nothing but fastballs, you know, a two seam, four seam with a Voodoo Ranger and Voodoo Imperial Ranger. Throw a nice mm-hmm. change up with Liquid Paradise. I thought it was a very very nice can IPA. We, it is. It's it's good. Check it out. Can we can we agree though that Voodoo Ranger is legit good? It should be. I mean, it's a fucking West Coast IPA. Yeah. Like, well, is I it? actually like it quite a bit. But it's is it double dry hop dry hopped like a West Coast? Okay, so West Coast IPAs are not typically double dry hopped. Double dry hopping uh, is now in the current vernacular associated with New England IPAs. Now, what? I thought it was juicy, West Coast. Now voodoo no, a juicy thing. Now voodoo Imperial Ranger IPA is <clears throat> double dry hop. But okay. they do it post fermentation, uh, so fermentation or fermentation is done. That's when they uh, throw in their dry hopping additions, and then they usually throw in a second dry hop addition. However, it's not really billed that way. Um, New England IPAs are, but it the also ones, it also doesn't have that flavor profile, which the flavor profile uh, some brewing scientists argue is developed on hopping during fermentation. Mm. Um, you mm. have, y- y- there's a different, a, a different hop utilization that happens during fermentation than happens in boil, post boil and in dry hopping. Uh, so, and that's key to uh, hazy IPA, which Parker, if you've ever got a chance to try uh, voodoo hazy ranger or hazy uh, ranger, hazy IPA, whatever they decide to call it. Yeah, I think I have. I think I have. Uh, that I'm beer, a big fan of the New Belgium. That beer is extremely unique in that it tastes like every New England IPA, but that stra- the that beer in particular uses the a Hefeweizen yeast strain to amplify the juiciness of that beer. And I, on a beer nerd level and a beer connoisseur level really appreciate that beer. It's so fucking good and very, so they very use unique. a wheat beer 
yeast strain to to give the, the haziness? Not just a wheat beer yeast strain, but a German well, I mean, wheat beer. That makes sense, I guess. Yeah, German, German wheat, wheat beer, those, yeah. uh, which, pro- which usually produces a like an orange rind or a, um, a clovey um, element, depending on what part of Germany the yeast strain comes from, whether it be a Bavarian yeast strain or a German Hefeweizen yeast strain. Uh, will will depend like will, will produce different levels or different characteristics, but the one that they're using is like just straight orange juice that it produces, and the dry hopping and possibly double dry hopping technique that they use um, produces a nice juicy fucking characteristic that is out of this world. I love it, and the fact that that it's sold in like fucking forty eight of the, all the lower forty eight states is amazing. Um, it's good, man. I was uh you know just about an hour and a half from from the source last week and wasn't able to make it up there, but, uh, I wanted to, I did hit a couple other breweries, but, uh, I, I have been to the new Belgian brewery ironically enough, but it was like 2009 and I had no clue what the hell anything Nothing. was. I mean, I knew that they made fat tire and I had always liked <laughs> to drink fat tire in Colorado, but past that, I didn't know the awesomeness that I had stumbled into whenever I went to the Fort Collins brew fest Oh, you went to Fort Collins um, Brewfest 2009? I did, man. You're 2009, a... whenever I was interning up there in, in Grand Junction. God damn. I mean, some friends drove over. Yeah, it was it was a fucking great, uh, great time, but I really didn't truly appreciate it. You know what I mean? Like, if I was to go now versus then, I was just trying to get dick-housed and folks listening, do something. Folks listening, Parker just closed his eyes and squinted hard as he reminisced on the past of 2009 when he wished he could have appreciated the Brewfest more. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, I wish I knew then what I know now. <laughs> uh, beer, beer edition. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, yeah, but anyhow. Uh, what other yeah. brews you go to up in Colorado when you were there? Uh, some smaller time ones. Uh, one in, uh, it was a Frasier, uh, Frasier County beer company let me see um well i i asked because denver i mean people who are listening probably know but denver's your river beer company fraser river sorry yeah okay and then i had a uh, i had a colorado style ipa there um and i also had in winter park itself um big trout brewing um and i had a Big old fucking brown ale, and it was just delicious. Oh, shit. Yeah, Fraser yeah. River Beer Company has a brook trout. It's an oatmeal stout. Is that what you're talking about? No, this one was like a... It was like four... It was like digits. I don't know what the significance <laughs> is. Oh, I bet it was the elevation of the town. Oh, that, that makes, makes sense. sense. Now, <laughs> hindsight, it was probably like 9,700 something, or I don't know what it was, but... It was a it was an IPA. I mean, it was a good it was a good beer. Um, I got a couple to go. Ooh, um, nice! And enjoyed those on the balcony um, in a nice, cool, crisp, like forty five degree nights. Dude, I will <sighs> say I will say this: Is there anything better than enjoying a beer away from every responsibility that you have on a fucking oh balcony? Yeah, I, no, there's not. Not there's I, nothing better. Yeah, it was but, like the rest of the family is asleep. I was chilling on the balcony, dude. Yeah. It was it was it was pretty dope too, because there was this, there was like an Amtrak that came through. Like there was tracks probably about four hundred yards behind the condo. Yeah, it was just beautiful. Like and it would come through a, a couple times a day, and whenever it come through at night, it was just cool looking. Like seeing that light, and you heard it coming around the 
around the bend. Sounds like a Johnny Cash song. But um, it's but it's silent, so you can yeah. hear it coming. But, and then, well, I mean, uh, it wasn't like a magnet train or anything. It wasn't. Too no, silent. but I mean, like the the rest of the world was silent, so you could oh, hear yeah, that. Yeah, coming. yeah, yeah. Well, for you know, at first I was like, "What in the hell's going on?" I thought I was dying. You know, at first, I'd had a few, but uh, anyhow. <laughs> Obviously, haven't we all had a few you at know, this point? This, yeah, this amp, this silver train coming through, you know, in the middle of the night. The silver bullet of Colorado. Drinking. Yeah, yeah, that's exclusively what I drank is silver bullets <laughs> up there, represent golden. Uh. I will, I will say this: like, there's something special about drinking on a balcony, and if you're alone, it's even more magical. Like, I remember the last sip of Brugal that I took on the balcony of that apartment at Frank's bachelorette party. You know, we had the night yeah. before his uh, wedding. Yeah. Me, like I decided I took one for the, I took one for the team and slept on the balcony on the uh, patio furniture out there. And that last, <laughs> like a 2000 square foot balcony. <laughs> it was fucking amazing. It was great. I was the only yeah. one out there because <laughs> everyone else was like, it's hot. I'm like, no, it's going to be fine. And it was, uh, sipping Brugal at like 2 a.m. with the fuck I can hear the ocean because it was like across the street and you're just like you're surrounded by all the shit that most people like ah, I don't want to be out in the elements right now I want to be in an air conditioning and you're just like oh no this is what it should be I'm, mm. I'm mildly or fully intoxicated <laughs> no one else yeah. is around me which is a big factor in the whole situation no but that's well, life dude like it's well yeah it's about yeah. it's it's about appreciating the moments yeah. like Those, it's yeah the, the, that should happen what five over five years ago frank yeah and i still remember fucking every every second of that like waking up like going to sleep well, at night Waking up in the morning with the rest cleaning of cleaning up glass, cleaning up up a, a metric there, ton of glass that was broken. There, in the wasn't floor. there? Wasn't there throw up down the side of the building? We don't talk about that yeah. part. We don't talk yeah. about that part. I was talking no, no, about the ocean there was, breeze. There was throw up on a Porsche 911 downstairs. Oh, you know what? The top was up, that, and that's all no, that matters. Wait, hold the on. Wait one up. second. And there was no fixing that. No. Nah, so now nah, you weren't gonna. So so we all left well brian and i rallied everybody and we were like motherfuckers it's 8 a.m we need to at least get to the beach before anybody realizes what just happened I, here I, yeah and i it should be noted parker was not one of those that we had to rally no. up. parker was also awake and realizing uh we probably need the fuck out of here you weren't he wasn't nope. there. I wasn't there. What? How were you not there? Oh, you he had an illness. Yeah. That's right. I forgot. Oh, God. I got whipped into staying at the fucking... Who else was... Because there was a third fucking adult with us. And I say adult because some of the people... No, it was it was Derek. Derek, Derek yeah, Derek. We were the only the three adults in the room at that point. Yeah, no, I forgot um, about that. And, 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 and honestly, like... So when, when we were selecting <laughs> this whole bachelorette party bullshit, eh, don't uh, call it bullshit. The father, no, the father-in-law was like, what, what kind of rum would you like in the room? And I was like, well, I really like the Centennial Brugal and I, and I know how much it costs, but I was like, okay, maybe a bottle. And uh, okay. Pre, pre this whole deal. I was like, I'll pay for the rehearsal. Okay. So I was like, oh, maybe they send a bottle up. Motherfucker, before we got up there, a oh. bottle was done. Uh, yeah, and I was no, like, no, okay, well, means, I guess that's the bottle. He, we he got means, up there. There were three more bottles. He means before we, a, we got the elevator from the bottom uh -huh. of floor of the elevator to the eighth floor of the apartment. 
there was no, a bottle done. Frank's fr- Frank's mind at that point was just like cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. <laughs> and it, it didn't do that at the at the rehearsal dinner, no, uh, like bar experience because I was like, whatever this costs, it costs. But then this this <laughs> tower party experience got expensive real quick. Like I mean, because I knew the the liquor that I had asked for, and I was like. Uh, please don't down that. Oh, you're going to fucking. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I had, it's, it's good. I know it's good. It's really good. You're right. It's good. I <laughs> see. Here's uh, the deal. I treated myself at the end of the night because I had kept it together because your f- future father-in-law at that point handed me a fucking $2,000 camera and uh, I was like, document the night. And I was like, on it, sir. And I think I may even <laughs> saluted him. Uh, and then I proceeded <laughs> to. Got it. <laughs> proceeded to not drink the rest of the night and just capture debauchery. I'm just going to say, in, in not like, ooh, what happened? Ooh, were there girls there? No, it was male-on-male debauchery. And I ooh. say that mm-hmm. in the most homo, no, no, heterosexual way possible. It was just dudes puking off of balconies. Um passing out in random chairs and just all in all making asses of themselves. I think to the point where we woke up the next morning and Frank reformatted the SD card that was in the camera just to be safe. He was like, you know what? Just oh, fuck it. Wow. No, it was bad. No, no, dude, dude, dude. So what ended up happening is like Brian, Derek and I did not get that drunk. Like we, well, we had paced ourselves I was drunk. well enough. I was drunk after the rehearsal party, full admittance. But when sure, the camera was handed to me, I rehearsal dinner. I became like fucking ten. I became the 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 journalism broadcast professional that I am. That I am, <laughs> and I kept it together. I was CNN reporting on the grounds. Okay, uh-huh. no, because what what ended up happening is like Brian stayed up in the room. Yep. Okay, and Derek and I, because apparently most of our <laughs> bachelor friends. We're more focused on drinking and not eating. Needed <laughs> snacks after after they had just been served like a fucking smorgasbord full of full on meal and out on the ocean, floating <laughs> whatever in the, on the ocean. It was a floating cabana on the ocean. Yeah, that was so just had so an appetizers endless... just on hors d'oeuvres on plates. And... Hey, oh, people no, walking I mean, around. It was, it was all you could eat. Like yes. you could you could get stuffed and uh it was all you can drink too which was a bit of a problem yeah but apparently the the whole also, thing are was, all white parties a bit of a problem nowadays too or those i think thing, yeah or? that's not a it's yeah yeah it's problematic <laughs> at best frank you should definitely rename your white parties <laughs> a white dress party that's what it's called it's white dress now that's what we call it at the time okay, it was okay. a, yeah you know at what i mean time, i think it even said all white party yeah. like, hmm. no that's not what it said it said white party <laughs> it, said, it said white party <laughs> and quite frankly, P. Diddy threw one of those in the Hamptons two weeks before, so it wasn't an issue. Uh huh. Um, now it's b- looking back on it. Hindsight being 2020, white dress party is what we should have called it. <laughs> I probably would have still called it a white party. Um, <laughs> it's not speaking to any sort of attendance because the invites were diverse. Yeah, I was going to um, say, everyone there seemed comfortable. It wasn't a problem at the time. That's, yeah. what, that's what it boils down to. So, uh, so, I'm glad so, I didn't get that swastika tattoo that I almost got. Yeah, you were going to a different white party, Parker. That's what we wanted to warn you about. <laughs> I was, oh, oh, I'm embarrassed. Yeah. I'm Parker, Parker was going to bring a hoodie. Parker, Parker when, uh, stepped into the white party that he went to, and he's like, this isn't where I need I don't belong who, here. Whose wife made these? I can't even see out of the eye holes to ride my horse. <laughs> it's like when, yeah. Or, or like when Pam went to the... 
when Pam was in the other office and she was dressed as Charlie Chaplin. Oh yeah, she's, she, she, she couldn't take York? the hat off because she'd be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's no. So, so yeah. okay, Congress. so sorry. No, no worries. So uh, yeah, so in the end, right? Like you're 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 everybody's ready to be done eating, except apparently ten people that were just invited to this specific spot where there's no fucking food because every restaurant in Wandolio is closed. Oh, at so, fucking 11 o'clock at night. Imagine that yeah, every like restaurant 11. being closed. It's like 11. <laughs> and, and I go, Derek, I think I know one spot that is possibly still open. And this is like truly Frank whipped it out of his ass can I, as per usual. Can I recall it as I, as I remember it? And sure, you sure, tell me sure. if I'm right. Okay. So here's what I remember. I'm shooting. I'm 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 taking pictures, documenting the night. Again, journalism broadcast professional that I am. Frank and Derek leave. They come back. What seems like 90 minutes later, honestly, because I'm dealing with a room full of people who are way more drunk than I am. And by room, I mean an apartment full of people who are more. Like there's like what 10 people who are up there. 12 people. I think it was 12 total. Okay. So people were just fucking shithoused from drinking all evening at the white party out on a fucking out on the ocean. Uh, Frank and Villa or Frank and Derek come back. And all I remember is Frank going, it cost us $110 for this charcuterie board. So fucking enjoy it. (laughs) And he said it in the most truthful, honest and appreciable way that I have ever heard anyone (laughs) deliver that message. Cause when he said it, I was like, I went from grabbing a, I'm, I'm reaching out a hand just to grab a handful. When he said that, I was like, I'm going to grab this piece of salami. And I pinched my index finger and thumb together. I was like, Mm, you know what? This delicate, delicious, and these drunk fucks need way more of this than I do at the moment. So y'all no, enjoy. Dude. Okay, so you know why that costs that much? Well, because it was eleven thirty at night on a fucking exactly. uh, on a beach. So that chef, that chef was like, "I could do it, but how much are you willing to pay?" And I was like, fifty dollars. No, fifty. I said, no. I started fifty dollars. <laughs> I have one hundred five dollars. It's gonna be one hundred ten. No, Damn it, Derek. Derek, Derek can attest to this. I led with, I think it was 50 or 60 bucks. And the guy goes, well, our plate is 80. And I go, okay, fine. Uh, 90. And he goes, we're close. And I go, fine. 110. And he goes, okay. <laughs> like it was, it was like, I never saw the, the, the menu for the charcuterie plate. Like, I, I don't know if it was truly 80 bucks. It I don't was, know. I, it was I doubt a, it. It I was a lot it. of cheese and meat. I will say that for 11 yeah. o'clock at night, it was a fuck ton of cheese and meat. No, <laughs> I, 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 dollars fuck around. Dude. No, it, I mean, absolutely doubt that it was $80. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, but, but I said I needed charcuterie for 12 people. <laughs> and he said, okay. And then we kind of negotiated a price. And quite honestly, if you can get a charcuterie plate for 110 bucks for 12 people, that's a fucking that deal. Feeds them. It's actually like a good deal. Yeah. Because um, uh, we do. At it's like Manchego. It's fucking jamon iberico. Like it's, it's good fucking meat and cheese. We're not talking about bullshit meat. I was going to say that was the other thing. Bologna with the little red. No, 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 absolutely. No, it was not. It was not Lunchables fucking deconstructed. (laughs) It was legit fucking aged, aged ham and fucking good ass cheese. I will say like uh, 10, one artisanal cheese and Den, who we've been fucking supporting. I feel like personally been supporting through this entire pandemic. Uh, They do a, a, a balls out fucking uh meat and cheese plate for two people for about 40 bucks so the fact that you were able to pull that off for 120 or 110 even 
was fucking amazing. Okay. Well, it's it's it, but it's 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 a shocking amount of money for something that like came at the end of a night that you already paid several thousand dollars for. So yeah, what what ended up happening in the whole scope of things is, uh, people throwing up over the balcony, you know, <laughs> pictures being taken, whatever. Uh, very entertaining until the next morning where you're like, okay, that's a broken this, broken uh, that. Dude, of, um, of that's the throw up, throw up in the hallway. People are like. <laughs> They threw up in towels. Oh, God, that was the worst when we fucking... We found those. It wasn't that they threw up in towels. No, they hit them underneath beds. Yeah, no. And this is this is a, an apartment that rents for $1,200 a day. Like, uh, I, like I, I literally, like, I looked at Brian and I was like, Brian, I need you right now. <laughs> we need to find everything in here that's disgusting and we just take one for the team and clean. And my wedding day started with me cleaning up this yeah, bullshit. That was a terrible and, idea. <laughs> no, <laughs> listen, wait, stay out there the night before. Great idea. I'll, I wouldn't. Ex- wouldn't Columbus's would not. Ex- hey, hold on. I would not exchange it for the world. I had a great time. Um, <laughs> this is <laughs> this was my wedding day. I just want to yeah. let this up, Frank and our buddy Andrew oh, dancing with a beer. Yeah, with a beer dancing, fucking cheek to cheek. <laughs> Is great. Oh, yeah, it looks like Ryan Reynolds in that uh, what movie. Is I don't. He's fat. <laughs> have the movie first, and you just said fat. You, you motherfucker. You jerk. Uh, it's what movie is that? It's such a great movie. Sorry. All right, I'll follow up uh, here shortly. I'm gonna try to find the best photo I have of Frank and I at our. Well, I, I bring this up because Mrs. Brian and I celebrated our 10 year anniversary this last. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, humble brag on that. Uh, it's been 10 fucking years since we got married. That seems like forever ago. Anyway. And everybody's still alive. Yeah. Um, uh, actually, you'd be surprised. Uh, we look back mm. at the photos, the 1,600 photos that our photographer gave us. No, I was talking about you and her. Yes, both um, of us are alive. Yes, 100%. So, no. So, what I was going to say is. Sorry, is friends. Next day, we clean up everything. Brian and I try to, like, fucking MacGyver find shit. Yeah. And do you remember when we found... It it was the worst discovery. And it was Matt. And it was three towels underneath the bed with a a, uh, trash can that was totally missed. Uh, Yeah, so... The trash can was cleaner than the rest of the floor. Yeah, so you found that while I was cleaning the bathroom. Uh-huh, exactly. Uh-huh, yeah, and I, I go, Brian, I need you to come check this out. Yeah, I was already disgusted enough cleaning the fucking bathroom. I was like, wow, how did so many people miss the fucking toilet so many times? Not with piss either, because I can almost see piss. You know, okay, so, so hindsight, most insulting part, 1885 Rugal was wow. the mixer. Yeah, uh... No, no. The most insulting part, actually, of that whole weekend, Frank, was the fact that I asked for a a, a, a bourbon and coke, and they poured me Shivas rega- or Shivas fourteen mm, or sixteen years with coke with a coke. Yeah, and I disgusting. was now now Brian, I I might have dry heaved in my mouth at the time. Brian was like, I'm. I'm not good enough for this. This isn't fucking, this isn't right. Something's wrong here. 
They poured I mean, a I, fucking, I bet it tasted disgusting. It wasn't good. And they and also, yeah. understanding now that they poured like a fucking $110 whiskey blended yeah. blended scotch no, into but a fucking that's Coke. beyond that's beyond the statement yes yeah. like it no. tasted like shit <laughs> but, but i will say the brugal that you that you ended up getting as a mixer on its own on the balcony in the dominican republic with the ocean fucking washing up on the shores mm. just a mere mm. 100 a couple hundred feet mm. away was fucking magical magical enough to it, it, it like it buried itself into my memory it was wasn't my perfect. choice, but, but you know what? It wasn't my choice. I appreciate it, <laughs> but it was a good choice. Yeah, it was a good choice. Okay, can um, we pull up your wedding photo again, real quick here, just for a comparison, please? Your uh, whose wedding photo? The one that you just showed. Oh shit! Hold on, With Frank in the in the in the center. Yeah, I was trying to find one. There was another yeah, one, one that limelight that Frank I bet and he was singing some uh, Queen or something, right? Oh Spelling yeah, one hundred percent. Him and him and Striff. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Throat. That. Hold on, let me find it. And did you see the picture that I sent the movie Just Friends? Remember that? <laughs> it's a great movie if you guys have not seen it. Oh my gosh. Great movie. 2005. Circa 2005. The picture that you sent earlier, Frank, uh, whenever you thought that Villain was rejoining. Oh, uh, yeah. Ryan looks like he's got a horseshoe hair going on. Like that. That hairline, man. The microphone has a. I so I have I use my microphone as a fucking hairband, a headband, because yeah. my hair's gotten <laughs> so long. Oh my god, it does! It and, does. And what like what the unfortunate part? It does look like I have a fucking receding hairline when I pull that shit back. I don't. I promise. And I I say really I promise. I say I promise because I fucking I thought I did, and I went back and looked. <laughs> No, so you know what's funny about that shit is I have a widow's peak, like a sick widow's peak. And that shit has been with me since I was like five years old. It's not none of my family dies without hair. Be 80 fucking five and you have hair on your head. It's just we have these insane widow's peaks. We grow hair here and it gets thick and people just comb it. But it's not like you don't you're not like receding, you know, like it's not like, oh, this is going to go to here tomorrow. Um, so it's it's funny to me because I just I'm not used to having this straight fucking hairline. That's like a Ken doll. I've never had mm. that. My, my, my hairlines always had this point and it will never be any different. <laughs> I guess I we can attest that 10 years ago it was there. No, it wasn't. No, I mean it was it, it's essentially the same as what you have now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, it was, oh, 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 I thought. Sorry. Yes, it's my hairline doesn't change much. No. It's just what it is. It so, just looks. I got concerned. Really deep. Honestly, got concerned, and I went and I looked. I have a scar, a, a pretty, perf, like, it's significant scar on my forehead that I've had my entire life. And I like I went and literally measured like okay let's look at old pictures of Brian look at that hairline compared to the scar and see where we're at. Parker, I had a, a real fucking moment earlier today even where I was like oh shit am I losing hair because Jurassic. because I do I do lose a lot of hair because of how long and straight and fucking thin my hair is I just have a lot of it narrow narrow <laughs> yeah no I, I have concerns here is hold on. So here's one of my favorite pictures on the planet. Let me stop sharing. So we found this. No shit. I haven't 
I hadn't seen this picture in over 10 years. But this came up, okay? This is everything is your dad that I appreciate I, yeah. in one fucking picture. So Mrs. Brian's best friend just elbowed me in the eye while we were dancing with Mrs. Brian at my wedding. And in the picture is Mrs. Brian, Mrs. Brian's best friend, trying to like console and probably kiss Mrs. Brian. But my dad is in the background. Frank and myself are there all like rejoicing with my dad and it was and hold on wait 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 wait. your dad's in shorts but oh oh dude you want to see some shit hold on okay so let me i just want to express okay so it was in looking back at pictures of my wedding 10 years ago that i realized that there's a picture of me my dad and my mom and that's the only picture of my dad and i as adult like with me as an adult that i have and it was that point that I was like, ah, it's really fucked up that that's the only picture of my dad and I. Or or really special. Yeah, and it, well, it was obviously it was special because of my wedding, but even in the 10 years since my wedding, I don't have a picture of my dad and I. And you it was... You should probably change that. I yeah, for change sure that. should change that, but uh, goddamn. Uh, anyway, I, I, I bring that up to, to bring up the fact that uh, looking through old photos sometimes is a, is a real trip. And I'm trying to eat That's time. That's an awesome, awesome picture of uh, Mrs. Brian's friend. Yeah, no, it was. Best friend. It yeah, was literally. It's, it's again one of those moments that's fucking like buried in time. Like I know exactly what I was feeling when the picture was taken. I know everything about the, like everything about if, the situation. It was fucking great. If you need anything uh, or any information about how much uh, Frank sweats, just look at this picture. It's not we that. It's not that Frank bad. Sweats. It looks like your dad's wearing a gi. No, just wait. I'm trying to find the picture that I found of my... So we created a bit of a soul train line at my wedding. And mm-hmm. we, we made people dance through it. And my dad danced through in uh, cargo khaki shorts, a white polo, and that fucking was New Balance shoes. My dad was nice. dad culture before dad culture was a thing. My dad set that trend. It was fucking insane. I, I, I'm gonna find it. Y'all, y'all talk amongst yourselves. I'm gonna pull yeah. that shit. So okay, Parker. I don't want to talk to him though, Brian. What? Oh, damn it. <laughs> What's up, man? Are we on the Fritz? Are we on the Fritz again? Yes. Yes. Damn it. Yeah, that <sighs> happens. I knew. I knew. I knew. I should have called you on our anniversary. I'm sorry. It's true. That was fucked not, up, man. Didn't mean. Didn't mean it. But I was can like, we make uh, up? What? January of 2006. Yeah. So January of uh, this year. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, call me. Yeah, I'm and sorry. Caused the pandemic, you fucking asshole. I don't well, know you know, cause of it. We definitely, definitely didn't help it. Oh, no, he I mean, it. It. <laughs> that's right. It's a little, little known fact. Instead of the, uh, you know, Chinese flu, they should just call it the Frank Dick flu. What? Frank Dick flu where? Um, it'd be less offensive and more accurate. Um, so, uh, Parker, here's the real question. Um, and I hope Brian has the drop ready because I you've been, it, he's, he's no, I got it. I got it. I'm, you've I'm been out of ready. here for so long uh-huh. and I know you've got some things. So he has excommunicated me there for a while. Well, no, no, that's, that's honestly there. never happened. It's no, never happened. happened. We, we, we had we had a bit of a question about the sexual assault allegations of the past, but we never canceled you. What? It was just it was just a matter of like 
we needed to hear your part of the story. I got you. I got you. So we trust you until the allegations go away. We trust you. Um, Thank you. mm -hmm. Thank you for giving me that Jeffrey Epstein second chance, you know, because everybody deserves a second chance. I'm sorry. Real quick. I just want to bring this up. Uh, I found the photo. Yep. There it is. Um, That is mm. awesome. New Balance. Uh huh. Mm, that is a dad photo right there. Holy shit! Have you guys seen that uh, meme? It's like it's probably like eight pairs of New Balances, and they all span from like uh-huh. it says like lawn mowing on one end of the spectrum to going out shoes on the other. You know, there's like dirty brown to brand new white. These are brand new white, matched yeah. with a khaki pair of shorts. But yeah, man, he probably bought those that morning. Ah, oh, they were fresh. Mm-hmm. Look, he hadn't even scuffed them yet. Uh-uh. No, not at all. I don't even think they're... <laughs> hold on. Here's the deal. I don't think they're New Balance. I think if we zoom in, if we can enhance, 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 mm. those are starter brand. I think that's a starter brand <laughs> sneaker, which is... Whew, yeah, man. That's fresh yeah. right there. You can't get any more fresh than that. As if a fucking a country that club in South Lake, Texas with starter shoes khaki pants and a white polo only male in the whole room wearing shorts (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's a wedding i just i I want to point out i want to point out i bought him a a matching tuxedo for this fucking event he He changed changed. yeah he changed so he can go out and smoke in it okay no he said he obliged what he said was it's for the wedding this is the party yeah oh. yeah I, um, I think i'm gonna post this the old grand i mean later dude's on. gotta That's... fucking dance man you can't dance with tuxedo dude, and he how broke you, it down he gonna, broke it down he did a little boogie. bit of a shimmy with his shoulders and shit i remember that <laughs> how are you gonna boogie in pants you can't can't you can't, can't do it all right huh. sorry sorry to interrupt i'm very sorry i just that, no that no worries so um, we, we we do we do humbly apologize for parker's indiscretions oh but, but parker more, parker more important more importantly <laughs> what uh what what does uh happen to grind your parker tell me what's gonna get you all fired up it is 12 p.m uh 12 a.m. rather. Yeah, I get those mixed up all the time. It's easy, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Depends on the sun, I guess. <laughs> Depends if you're in a uh, hyperbaric chamber and you can't see out. I don't know. Um, also, it's 11.52, but okay. Okay, well, people that don't read the comments above or below like just floors me whenever... You know, somebody will post like, "This I'm just shooting from the hip here, but like, waterbed for sale, 20 years old, $200. And then like, somebody will be like, first comment, how much are you asking? Bitch, I said $200. Second comment, is that a waterbed or is that a mattress? I yeah. said waterbed for 200 You know, like I... It gets even like worse whenever you like go further in the thread, and it's been, it's been hashed and rehashed forty five different times. And it's like if somebody would just take, you know, it's kind of that TLDR. Like anytime it, a post it, is longer than uh, like three words, people just skim it, and then proceed to ask obvious questions that have already been answered three hours ago, and it fucking irritates me. But what you're asking here, right, is like. Okay, 
you're selling something. Uh, it'd be great if you don't, you know, by happenstance, uh, expect a lower price. Like, I, I think it's more insulting when people go, oh, this is $700. Would you take three? You know, like, why are we bothering at this point? Look, it's I'm, like, listen, you're asking for a $400 price cut on something that I was like, oh, okay. I started at seven. Message me when this is down to five, follow the fucking thing. You know, like, I don't know. I agree, but it's also like, to me, it's deeper. It's like the fuckers who respond to the, to the post thing and they, they just want like basement bargain specials. Right. Well, you know, and I can even deal with the garage sailing that goes on. Like, that's not my beef. My beef is whenever people don't take the, the extra four and a half seconds to read in the entirety of the post or the whatever it may be to answer their own questions. But yes, yeah, you so you're talking about the people who are like, oh, I'm buying a Weber grill doesn't include the propane tank. And then the first question is, hey, does that come with a propane tank? No, yeah. motherfucker. I clearly spelled that out from the yeah. jump. That drives me up. Just, just come on. Uh, you know, and you see that in everybody, everyday life is just people just not taking the time to proofread emails or documents or, you know, like in the workplace. It's just like, come on, man. One quick read through that. You would have realized you sound like an innate, an eight year old, right? No, it's a hundred percent, hundred percent behind you. I just feel like those people are related, you know, yeah. like oh, yeah, the they person that goes, I want to bargain basement you on this. And the person who goes, doesn't include the propane tank is the same guy. Mm. Like it's just. All right. Um, Brian, unless you have any takes on that, I will move on. No, I'm, I I think Frank covered it pretty well. Okay. Um, kind of on the, well, not really, but, uh, the, I always think these are just stupid and cute and they grind my gears like the, uh, you know, in work emails, whenever (laughs) the people have the disclaimer at the bottom and it's like the, uh, you know, delete this message if you're not the intended recipient, blah, blah, blah. And all this like legal jargon stuff. You guys ever see those? Yes. I'm just like, go fuck yourself. I'll delete it if I damn well please. But you're not gonna like know. Don't send it to the wrong like, person, Jackwagon. It's like a return to sender message. Like yeah. this is not this is not yeah. something. Come you know, on. like it it wasn't something back in the day. I mean, okay, Still so not. let's 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 talk into a story at White Barn when uh the fucking catfish fry shit got delivered to the house next door. <laughs> <laughs> and Brian and Brian and uh, Mike were not into stealing it. And Frank was like, we're going to have a catfish fry next weekend because this has been sitting out there for seven days. And we had ourselves one hell of a time. So, um, yeah, if, if you should so happen to Mark return to sender, but it's not your fault, then just take it. Yeah, you know, I think finders keepers goes a long ways. Um, except for emails, like don't don't put that cute. Nobody listens to that or abides by that. And 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 then you know, check your recipient list before you press send, idiot. Right. Also, I don't like the like the people with the cute little sayings or the Bible verses or whatever. Like, come on. Okay, if you have a Bible verse in your fucking email, 
Go check yourself. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. All right, Gays, diversity is all that matters. <laughs> like, oh, okay, okay, I've got this atheist or Jew or Muslim. No, fuck you. <laughs> okay, no time for uh, that shit. Brian, you yes. know Frank. Not that you can't relate to this, but Brian with a child. Um, I probably can't. Yeah, oh, I'm sure you can, but it gets even worse and deeper with children's toys. Difficult ass packaging when it takes an hour and a half to get a fucking Christmas present out unwrapped and there's zip ties and little tape and the plastic that you got to dang near cut your leg off and cut into your femoral artery uh, or injure yourself trying to get a, a toy that costs $4 out of its packaging. It's like, are, is there really that big of an issue with theft? I don't think so. There was a there was a stat that I read when I was still in retail. Admittedly, this was like 10, 11 years ago. But it was like, no joke, 10,000 people have like significant emergency room like visits based on the eggshell or the egg, yeah, the eggshell uh, packaging, the hard mm-hmm. plastic sealed mm-hmm. on all four sides oh, packaging, yeah. just from getting cut by that trying to open a product. Dude, or clam I believe shit, that stat, it man. It's, I bet it's only gone up. It's fucking insane. Yeah, and I was going to say, that was 11 years ago when that shit came out. And the only reason it came out is because I was selling, at the at the time, Staples was selling a, uh, a clamshell opening pair of scissors. It was basically like safety scissors that you see in like ERs. They're like plastic coated, fucking yeah. long handled, angled, like really sharp scissors. And people were like, "Why? What is this for?" I was like, "It's for fucking opening electronics packaging." And mm. the people who were straight thinking were going, "Well, why don't you just make electronic packaging different?" And in my mind, I don't fucking know. I can't. I couldn't fucking tell you because I'm I'm with everybody else. Like, I didn't think it was that that big of a theft problem that that you have to fucking package it like it's the goddamn Fort Knox of hard drives. You know what I mean? Well, you know, but you take that and you and you throw it to a a seven dollar seven dollar poly pocket like you're like jesus christ what yes. yeah why does this need to be so difficult to get my child's toy open um or i mean anything you know there's a lot of things it's that shrink wrap thick ass plastic you know just even like sd cards or uh, yeah. you know anything it's just like you dang near seriously send yourself to the emergency room every time trying to just open something you have to have a knife yeah. there's no way there's no fucking way you're getting that open if you don't have a knife. Yeah, no, the world's strongest man, Hapthor, whatever his name is from Iceland and Game of Thrones, is not fucking ripping open oh, an SD dude. card package to yeah, help you. No, out. those Jesus power teams that come to middle schools and rip <laughs> phone books in half couldn't even open some of these packages. They can bend a, f- a frying pan in half, but they can't open up a goddamn Polly Pocket. Yeah, the, yeah. the LOL surprise doll is fucking has broken them. Yep. They can't figure it yep. out. <sighs> dude. The worst. And, and, and to your point, it's true. Like it's one thing to hold a fucking several hundred dollar like piece of electronic equipment that you can throw in your pocket. Cool. It's another thing altogether to be like this Nerf ball needs to be fucking locked down like goddamn Fort Knox, mm-hmm. so that we make sure that you can't stuff it inside. I don't know a goddamn duffel bag and walk out of Walmart with it. No, no one's stealing that fucking twelve dollar no. item. No. 
And if they are, you know what? Just let them have it because they've good on fallen them. on some tough times. <laughs> I like. I think everybody in America, if they have not walked through the aisles of a toy department and said, like, you know what? If anybody fucking steals this, let them have it. But fucking any adult steals it, let them fucking have it. Jesus yeah, H. Christ. Like, I, it's beyond. Especially knowing what... Green. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no I got you. I was going to say, especially knowing what fucking lost departments deal with on a national basis for mm-hmm. fucking retail outlets, fuck your tennis rackets and your tennis balls. Fucking let them have it. I don't give a shit. Put them outside your stores in the fucking parking lot. Fuck mm-hmm. off. You know what I mean? Jesus there's some Christ. companies that have like kind of, I don't know, I guess they're more woke, if you will. Like there's like green packaging. It's super easy to open. Like yeah, Amazon allegedly has has it, but I've never actually experienced it. No, dude, I'm still getting fucking a tube of toothpaste in a six by six container uh, <laughs> with Amazon. bubble wrap yeah, they, and shit. You're like, yeah, oh, they didn't cut wasteful. down their packaging size <laughs> to meet what's their what they're shipping. No, uh, anyhow, not. Uh, yeah. Difficult ass packaging grinds my gears. Um, I don't know where Brian keeps going. I think okay, it's, here it's he's to grab okay. beer. On I, well, right, you will appreciate was, this one. Previously, let's take a piss. Now it's to grab another oh, beer. And I need to grab another beer too. But I'm just I'm I'm hate I'm hated. Oh okay. Uh, beer caves with shitty selections. Oh, you mean the nothing, worst? Nothing but macros. Twelve packs, eighteen nothing packs, twenty-four but macros. Yeah, it's like yep. okay, great. I can get Corona. Budweiser, Bud Light, or Coors Light, yeah, in varying as you know assorted sizes, but I can't get any micro at all in this beer. You cave. know what? Like, I will say the best beer cave I've ever been to because I agree with you, Parker. Like when you walk in, you just see variants of the fucking six packs that you see on the shelf, like yeah, package well, variants. Yeah. Why do we even need a beer cave here? What are we doing? What it does does two things. Uh, one, it frees up the what they call well space, the bottom shelf of um, those windows. Those are usually reserved for twelve packs, and if you have a beer cave, that can allow for another shelf or two of craft six packs. Um, but you're correct. Like, what do you what what do you do when you walk into a place that has a beer cave and they have nothing but fucking Red's Apple Ale and twelve packs? Uh-huh. You fucking do what we've always done, which is buy the six packs and tell the people behind the counter, hey, you should really fill that fucking beer cave with more a more a bigger variety of shit because there are places out there like Lone Star Beverages in Carrollton that take their beer cave and fill it with nothing and literally nothing but fucking Uber Craft six packs. 12 packs and singles or like uh, Frank showed me onion Creek. I think it was onion Creek beverages or onion Creek convenience store or something like that. Uh, they had nothing but fucking Uber craft six packs and shit in their nice. beer cave. And it was, it was great. I mean, was it the highest selling products? Is it the highest selling products in those beer caves? No. But what it does is it allows people fucking who want the convenience of walking up and grabbing shit out of the cooler, out of the window, grab that shit, go, but go into the beer cave and fucking take take time to make a selection that is yeah. well worth your time. Dude, there's a certain coolness to getting beer out of the beer cave. I don't care who you are, if right? you're 21 or if you're 61. Like, beer caves are awesome. Make it worth our time. Like, I don't want to go to a zoo and there only be lizards. I want to see some fucking <laughs> lions. Like, I, the give one me thing, some good stuff. The one thing I will say, uh, quick trips and racetracks down here in, t- in North Texas at least... Um, they have a lot of beer caves in their bigger, newer stores. 
and their beer caves are like the ones we walk into with automatic doors and shit. And it feels like a whole nice. experience. And a lot of those are filled with macro multi-packs. Um, but a lot of them also have fucking craft singles in there. Um, and they're yeah. really expanding into those 19.2 stovepipe cans yeah. or the 25 ounce cans for some of the, you know, national, national mm-hmm. craft brands. But at the same time, they have a great selection of beer outside in the fucking cooler windows. And you can shop from both sides of those in uh, right. I like that whenever, yeah, whenever it's dual. You can shop from inside or outside. And you you have a full fucking experience and an opportunity to buy shit at a good cost. Because believe it or not, some people, when they go to a fucking cookout, they bring a craft six pack or, you know, two craft six packs and a macro 12 pack because... They're buying for the fucking party. And mm-hmm. when you when I can buy a twelve pack of Modelo at fucking, you know, thirteen ninety nine or fourteen ninety nine at a convenience store, I'm picking that shit up along with the six pack that I'm buying. Well, and you know what else you're gonna do? You're gonna come back. Yes. And that's yeah. the, like that's I mean, we've talked about that before. About yeah. like how do you how do you bring back customers time and time again? You do consistent pricing and consistent availability. It's not just about one or the other. Now, you know what I will use those beer caves with shitty selections for? Dry off that taint when you're driving for a while? Absolutely. Whenever God your ball right. sack feels like a hot tub. Dude, you go just go in there. You get out, you, just, you do some deep stretching. You, you're oh. like, what are you doing, yoga in here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's it's exactly Cold yoga. I'm fat. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, uh, when, I was, when, I, when I was delivering beer, that was one of my favorite experiences, and people always thought I was an asshole. They were like, what are you fucking taking so long in there for? I'm like, dude. So hot right now, like, <laughs> gotta cool off, man. Just try to soak it up yeah. as much as possible, and then you can go back and shit, face man. The even hot world. even when I was selling beer, like so when you sell beer, you have to get the back with the, the back stock in line uh, because different distributors have different beer brands that they represent. So when you look in a in a cooler window, like behind that cooler like shelf, there's back stock, and that back stock is stacked based on who's delivering that beer. Well, so when you looked at what beer I was delivering, it was always just, I mean, pristine backstock when I got done ordering it. Because I would take my time, make sure everything was stacked perfectly, and make sure everything was in line. If I had my big macro brands that, you know, my big packs that I would be selling in multiple cases of, I'd move those away from the wall to make sure that the driver could come in and just drop the next day and then stack the old beer on top. And everything would be rotated right there. It was also because there were some of the coldest coolers that I had on my route, and it was the hottest <laughs> point of the summer, and I was like, I don't want to fucking take my time in here. It's 110 extra, degrees outside. Extra nine minutes in here. <laughs> yeah. Well, you yeah, you know, but ass. you also respect and, uh, I don't know, take pride in your in your craft there. I, like, I will say, man, delivering, in all honesty, delivering beer has made me a much more efficient person. We we took time to make sure that we like every case that we delivered we touched as few times as possible. Meaning, we did our time and did our work ahead of time. Like we cleaned mm-hmm. the cooler, stripped the cooler, and then got it ready for fresh beer in. Like fresh beer, fresh beer in, old beer out first. And like that's like that's it's honestly why I've stayed with my company as long as I have because that's what we do. We fucking we we're stewards of beer, whether it be macro craft or anything in between. Well, yeah, good on you. Yeah, um, yeah. Humble, I, I work retail break. as a 
uh, in high school for I guess four years there, and I, I recently um, was at a grocery store, a small grocery store, not a not a huge, not a Walmart, yeah, a small town grocery store, um, and <laughs> there's a stalker, you know, 16 years old, and I bought my pro- I got my product off the shelf, and then I you know faced it, you know, the product back, and he's like, you know, you don't have you don't have to do that, I'll do that, man. I was like, man. Thank you. Uh, I respect that. But, you know, I used to have to do this. Uh, it's kind of habit now. I just, by default, like, I bring the product forward. Yeah. You know, I think it's a respect thing. But uh, I also, you know, it's kind of like I can't help not doing it. And I was like, you'll, I, I told him, I, you know, it was kind of my old, old person moment. And I was like, Oh, you'll chuckle one day, Sonny, whenever you're 25 <laughs> years older from now and you're still, you know, pulling shit to the front of the shelf because your time at XYZ grocery store. I mean, um, at least yeah, we hope perfect. so, you know? Yeah. It, right. I, I still, you can tell. So I, I leave a store hopefully cleaner than I found it, just like the way mm-hmm. I leave a campsite cleaner than I found it, thanks to the Boy Scouts. I, I leave a store cleaner than I found it. And even if that's me walking down the beer aisle, <clears throat> it's called fronting and facing. Obviously, you pull the, the the product to the front of the shelf to make it more presentable. There's also something we call like label out. So long necks, especially in glass bottles, uh, they have a ringer, uh, neck ringer, and you front and face all those as well. So you make sure mm-hmm. that like Miller Lite is facing out across all three front-facing bottles or two front-facing bottles for butt-facing. Yeah. yeah. It's a thing. I, I did it at Total Wine the other day when I went in there, and we my company does not service my Total Wine, and I still fucking took time and fronted and faced all the Bell's labels and all the Bell's can like the Bell's packaging. Well, you know what? That shit goes a long ways. Even if it's subconscious with the, with the consumer, I think um, I, it, it does... Present well. Nobody likes a. Nobody likes when you go to that Dollar General and there's shit all over the floor and nothing's in the right spot and like you can't. I you mean, know, like there's there's something to be said for brands like the Yankees, the New York, the New York Yankees. Like you have they they have a fucking look. The Dallas Cowboys they have a fucking look. Like anytime mm-hmm. you see their products, if they're like a branded like a a, a, a company branded product. You always see those pinstripes on fucking Yankees products, and they're all facing mm-hmm. the same way. There's, n- there's no fucking horizontal fucking Yankees products. No, never. Right. It's always yeah. vertical. You never see that Dallas Cowboys star like off kiltered. No, it's mm-hmm. always fucking. Doesn't matter how difficult it is to fold the jersey, the Dallas star is always fucking point up. Yeah, and, take pride. And it is, and it's something. There's something to be like. It's subliminal, probably. Uh, but there's something that you take pride in as a consumer when you buy that product. You're like, oh, I want to take that. And the same goes for something as what we were talking about earlier is trivial and luxury as beer or cigars or scotch or fucking wine. Like you buy those things that look nice, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, all right. I don't know what happened to Frank, but... Uh, I'm going to guess, based on our last conversation that we had with, uh, that I had with Frank, that his fucking battery died on his computer. <laughs> uh, did he spill more beer on it this time? No. he. So him and Mrs. Frank took my advice and bought a computer that I have. Um, and this computer has taken a full 12-ounce bottle of Shiner Black Lager and is working perfectly fine three months later. Knock on wood. Um uh. So you had to spend seventy dollars on rice, but <laughs> no, actually, uh, no. What it was was 
I, I consider it like German like discipline to cleaning practices. <laughs> Uh, hmm. I I fucking was in the middle of a of a conference call and didn't skip a beat. Held the held the computer up sideways and dripped everything off. It's also wow. all things solid state. There's no moving parts in this computer at all. Uh, okay. Held it sideways as I signed off to everyone wearing a top hat and an ascot and saying like I gotta go. I can't be on this call anymore. And then signed off and then spent the next ten minutes drying it meticulously with microfiber cloths. But knock on wood it's still working perfectly yeah, fine still, okay well i'm happy to hear that ironically it was also the last day of my payments to pay off my fucking laptop so you know it was just fitting that that would be the that would be the time that i spilled a fucking beer on it mm. yeah of course anyway, anyway. All right, i got another another here for you okay and, and it's not really this is kind of i don't know it's kind of just funny but the other day i saw a it was like a uh, what, what were those? Jeep Liberties oh. with a Texas Tech grandma sticker on the mm, back glass. The most proud STD grandparent ever. <laughs> right. The Raider Rash grandma. You know, she was the one who like started chlamydia outbreak in 1960, I guess. I'm like, A, you know my thoughts on putting shit on the, your on your vehicle, right? Right. Stickers, bumper stickers, whatever it may be. Like, and then, like, does that really extend past, like, the parent? Like, hey, if you're a parent and you're paying your damn hard-earned money and savings to put your child through school at Texas Tech and you want to put that stupid-ass little sticker on the back of your glass, cool. I kind of get that. I, You know, yeah. word. But does that extend out to, like, grandma as well? Where are we going to go with the great aunt? I, I, we, yeah, now, secondary, tertiary characters in a person's family. I get, I get where you're yeah. going with that. And I say tertiary because like if it's great aunt, you can go fuck yourself, okay? Right. But how I proud will, are you, great aunt? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what the fuck happened here? But I will say this, Parker. If your grandkid decides to go to Oklahoma State, would you not put an Oklahoma State? Like, I I, I probably would find myself putting that on know. my car. I, we can. However, we can project and maybe, maybe. I, but I I just feel like even old Andrew would be like. That's kind of fucking dumb. No, I mean, like, cool for you, there Sonny, is a, but... There is a lazy factor that does play a significant part in that whole role. <laughs> like, that means that I gotta get outside, and it's hot as fuck, put that I gotta, sticker... I gotta fucking go to Lubbock to buy this sticker to put it on my oh, yeah. fucking car. There's no way in hell. And I can't, I can't operate the internet well enough to get that delivered to my house. I gotta... That's a whole thing. Like, Grandpa, all you do is envision it, and it appears on your back glass <laughs> for $24.99. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I, I get that. Like if it's a, like I said, tertiary characters, get the fuck out of here with your, with your yeah, on brand on bullshit. I, that grandma, she talks about, that's all she talks about at her bridge parties on Tuesdays. Now, if I, if I am a proud Oklahoma state alum, as I am currently, I might find myself putting like grand pop alum, whatever the fuck <clears throat> I might put that on there. But if my niece and nephew go to Oklahoma State, I'm not fucking putting proud uncle on my car. That's yeah. not happening. That's that's fucking not. And also, yeah, honestly, I mean, I, you're honestly, right. At least grandma's like in the same line of succession. And like, that's if our kid goes to Oklahoma State. You know what I mean? Like if our kid went to goddamn Cornell, I'm putting Cornell dad on my car for sure. Yeah. 
Well, that's where Andy went. Yeah, Andy Bernard obviously went yeah. there. Big Red. That's that has a significant meaning in my life. But like, <laughs> if you know, little little Mrs. Brian goes to Cornell, and then you know, littler Mrs. Brian goes to Cornell or goes to Oklahoma State as a grandkid, I'm gonna be like granddaughter couldn't cut it at Cornell, but she went to Oklahoma state sticker on my car. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm going to call her a little ass out. That's on right. Her. That's right. Granddaughter, you go, you go to that state school minimum requirements, baby girl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I see, I, I know what you mean. Like we, uh, Mrs. Brian and I have okay. talked about that shit of like, do we put, what do we put on our cars? Like most of the time, like we're just going to bare minimum. So Mrs. Brian, I will say this to your stickers on the back of the car requirement i i agree i for the first time in my life brian i put something you, on my car don't you say you did it i did but it's a uh so i bought a an, uh, an ally sticker for my car it's a an lgbtqia so the the alliant the ally part of uh, uh lesbian gay trans queer uh i forget what the fucking i is but basically letting people know that uh, I don't give a fuck what you are, who you identify with, how you identify your person to me. You're fucking welcome in my life. Come on in sticker on my car. I put that on last month and admittedly I don't drive a whole lot of places, but um, for instance, in the 4th of July, we had a same sex couple walk by with their beautiful daughter and a little red, red uh, radio flyer wagon uh, walking around the neighborhood and they walked by my car and I noticed them look at the back of my car to see the ally flag sticker that's on the back. They noticed it. I looked at them with my fucking giant mixed race family that I have with me. And, you know, I said, Hey, how's it going? How are y'all doing? And they're like, good. And I was like, Oh, your daughter's beautiful. Like she was waving at my daughter. I was like, oh, that's fucking amazing. And it was a great, like, admittedly a one-off meeting opportunity, but God damn it. They felt comfortable by waving to yeah. us. That's, All right, well, now now you're going to make me feel bad. Okay? But, but like I see what you're you saying. Like, I'm not putting somebody across the way, and you're like, what the fuck's that dude doing over there? And then you realize that they're special, and then you feel like an asshole. But you know, that, that, that's the thing, though, Parker. Like, for, for stickers like the little one that I have in my car, it's literally admitting that everyone is special. And that is, in my opinion, the reason I put it on my car is way more inclusive than putting fucking stick figures on your car with goddamn... <laughs> Kaylee Payton and fucking Ashton on the back of your like the fucking cares get the hell out of here with Number the 24 on the football team <laughs> yeah with the dad yeah, at the age of 12 <laughs> with the dad scraped off with the fucking razor the last yeah. second and he's got an outline and dust on the back of the window because you haven't cleaned it in a while like uh, it fucking you know what I mean like it's way that to me right. is more impactful I, than a 26.2 sticker I will let it yeah 26 point. I will, I will, I guess I will let that slide. If, if you're supporting a charity or a cause, cool. But as long like, as it's not too big, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want like seven inch letters or anything. Well, and right? that's the thing. It was, it's like a, it's like a five inch sticker or whatever the fuck it is. But the All people, right. the, the, the point is the people who see it and recognize it and know what it is, they feel comfortable, which is the purpose of that sticker. And like, uh, I wish I would have bought. I would have bought. Boughten. Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> this is the second fuck up this podcast. I need to talk to more people. I wish I would have bought the the black trans pride sticker that I bought, Mrs. Brian, which is basically the uh, multicolored fist in the middle of the pride sticker, uh, the middle of the trans pride sticker, I should say. 
which if i mean i didn't know there was a difference on the trans pride stick there is there's a different inclusion of colors than the pride flag and the ally sticker has those uh different color bars in the a in the middle of the in the middle of the ally sticker and the black trans pride sticker has those colors intermittent in a black and brown fist raised in the middle Hmm. um which is like again it's one of those things like at the time when I bought them, like I didn't feel like I should have that on my car, but at the same time, because you know, the, the sticker that I had is way more universal, but at the same time, Mrs. Brian can absolutely fucking have that on her car because honestly, if the kids in her class walk by her car, you know, and when they're walking into middle school and they walk by her car, if they see it, they know what it means. And they know even more so that they are safe to talk to Mrs. Brian. Mm. which honestly they should already feel safe enough to talk to her. But if they had any questions, that sticker is again, it's like the, <clears throat> this sounds so fucking stupid and mean menial in in the bigger picture, but in the big scheme of things, like when you followed the underground railroad, you saw markings when you're mm. escaping from the South to the North. And in my mind, when you see ally stickers or you see trans ally stickers or you see, you know, black trans ally stickers, you know, it's a safe place. It is a safe place, and that's something that's super important to us as a family for people to feel included and feel mm-hmm. like they can talk to people. So, but all that to say, if you've got a 13.1 sticker on your car, you can go fuck yourself. Like, get the shit out of here. <laughs> you got your, if you've got your other shit on your car that is that, that you that you can't back up with fucking feeling and emotion like uh, I hopefully have done in the last couple of minutes. Oh, you mean like you can't be as passionate about a monster energy drink as you have about the yeah. black transgender pride? Yeah, me and Oakley sunglasses don't go far enough back where I can pull that off. <laughs> Put that O on the back here. Okay, I got it. I've owned Oakley sunglasses longer than I've been married to a black woman, but unfortunately, <laughs> I can't fucking pull that off without saying, eh, "Yeah, you take it or leave it." You know what I mean? All right. Well, uh, moving on. Yes. Uh, I feel like in the in the four years of uh, NBLB. This has been a grinds my gears in mind, but I'm getting older, so just bear with me. We'll do. Uh, gender reveal parties, I think, are just the biggest waste of time, and uh, I hate everything about them. I hate the people that are involved. I hate those tertiary characters that are there <laughs> unwillingly, or maybe they don't even know where they're at because they're the great grandma that gets drugged along to this fucking party <laughs> balloon with different colored confetti inside, or stupid ass cake, or the real hillbilly ones where they blow shit up on the mountainside. And cause a fucking, uh, a forest fire that causes billions of dollars of, of yes. destruction in national parks. That did happen. Look it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Come on. Nobody, ain't nobody Part- got time for that, as the Tulsa woman said. Fuck <laughs> off. Put it on Facebook like everybody else. Hey, cool, we're having a girl. Hey, we're having a boy. And people will be like, cool, great, good job, Sally. Parker, have you ever held a gender reveal party of more than you and your fucking parents and like immediately immediate family members? Have I? Yeah. No, I I, I found out as soon as possible. Okay. Like the OB. I'm like, hey, is that a dong right there? Yeah, right, is cool. that is that three stripes or is that a dick right, and balls? What do we got? Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, yeah. So I say I ask that question. We have four children between b- betwixt the two of us. 
correct. And we've never felt the need to have a fucking gender reveal party. Do you feel less of a dad for not having no. a gender? Does does Mrs. Parker feel less of a mom for never having a gender reveal party? I actually feel better that we didn't waste people's time. Thank you. God damn. Thank you. I, that's exactly <laughs> how we feel. Like we don't want to. Goddamn. Like no. Okay. So you're, the only reason that you want to have a gender, in our opinion. The only reason you want to have a gender reveal party is to make it more about you than it fucking absolutely is necessary. Like, yeah. oh, come to us for the fucking cliffhanger to see what we're about to shit out. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, that ain't it. Yeah, fucking uh, goddamn Law and Order. Like, dun, 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 dun. what is right. it? <laughs> yeah. No, no one, uh, no one needs to know that shit. I'm 100 percent on board with you. All right, thank you. I just. Like I, I understand the fucking excitement of like, especially the first, the first kid. If you're one of those parents, because I, we also had a neighbor who was not from America, who blatantly explained to me when like we moved in, he was like, "Oh yeah, my wife is pregnant." And I was like, "Oh, congratulations, is it a boy or a girl?" And he looked at me, and I, I've, I've never wanted to punch someone so bad. He was like, oh, it's only you snooty Americans who want to know what gender you're having. And he said it in such plain, unbroken English as that. And I was like, you <laughs> motherfucker, you grew up in Plano. I know you did. Like, you fucking don't don't act like you snooty American bullshit. You just, you, okay, all right. And it was one of those, like, counter, counter points that I had. Like, because I'm not pro-gender reveal, but at the same time, like, I'm with you, Parker. Like, let me know what we're having right now. Like, yeah. Fucking Give technology a, is a thing. Let's fucking use it. Fucking sealed envelope that I'm going to go take to a bakery a down the street. Yeah, thank you. Where a fucking a GED student fucking tries to read male or female and fucks it up and gives me a goddamn green cake and traumatizes my wife. No, that's not what we're doing here. That We're not into that. Like, fucking doctor. Mr. or Mrs. Doctor. Show me what the fuck yeah. we're... Okay, you yeah. know more than I do? Here we go. We're having a girl? Cool, I can paint the room pink. Or I can fucking I can put I can put goddamn whatever bugs and arrows and shit on the wall for whatever gender I decide to have. I like it doesn't. What, what the fuck? What, what fucking? We're fucking homeowners, okay? Let me fucking paint this room that we're gonna have for the next ten years, like whatever color we want to fucking roll with, okay? Just let us know. Yeah. I'm one hundred percent. It bugs the shit out of me when we have like when I have. You know what? I can honestly say, as I'm as I was working through what I was about to spout out, I don't think I have any true friends, like true like close-ish friends, who've had a gender reveal party that wasn't like tongue-in-cheek gender reveal party. Right. You know what I mean? Like, there's one thing to have like, like true like oh shoot fucking what was it Tannerite into a fucking pig and it blows up pink. Well, we're having a girl. And they're like, Oh, well, it's cool. Let's start a small brush fire. No big deal. Uh, but there's another thing to have like, dude, Mrs. Brian, I'm, I'm cracking my neck. I, I, I'm, I'm working out some rage. Mrs. Brian had a coworker, not a friend, a coworker who, this was the theme of their gender reveal party. Parker, they had a camouflage cake that they cut into to reveal the gender of their baby. Okay. okay. Classy. And, and the theme of their party was Bucker Doe soon will know. God bless. Does that not make you want to bite the fucking face of both parents? <laughs> like just that they also 
just can't they just cannot wait till hunting season. <laughs> neither one of them are hunters. Like neither oh, one of them are God, fucking campers. Really? That's even worse. That, was, poser. You're posing trying to be a a douchebag. <laughs> you're aspiring to be a <laughs> It's an aspiring asshole hunter. Bucker dosing will know. Like you go fuck yourself. I'm not showing yeah, up to this party. Ones. What is it? Like bow ties or bow ties or bows or I don't know. Anyway, we can we can keep on trucking. I've got like a T- eight minutes left on my battery here, so Tierra or not, Spurs. We'll see we'll yeah. fucking nerves. Whatever. Where's fucking Spurs? Yeah. Um. All right, Parker. Uh, sorry, okay. sorry oh. to take over. <laughs> no, fine. I just got one quick hitter here, then we can sign off because uh, I don't want to leave you hanging. But if I do, if my computer shits the bed on y'all, I love you. It's been a while. Stained Aaron Lewis, non-white supremacist here. Um, and thanks for listening. Okay, last grounds my gears here. Um, oh uh, yeah, what do you got on tap? Uh, we've got Budweiser. Um, you know. Blue Moon, we've got, uh, you know, fill in the blank, and we've got Sam Adams. Okay, Sam Adams makes like 64 different beers. <laughs> Fuck. You can't just leave it at Sam Adams. I'm sorry. I know you may, this may only be your fourth day here, but when they leave it at Sam Adams, I say, hmm, okay. Which one? And um, I'm not sure. Let me go. Let me go check. Oh, the let me check is the fucking worst. Okay, that means that I don't want to fucking get that beer. Yep. Uh, you don't even. Yeah, it's not even a, a frequent flyer enough to be on your like memory to spout off. Like, I don't want whatever Sam Adams product that you're pushing. There's some old shitty nasty fucking listeria lines. <laughs> here's here's Sam Adams Oktoberfest that's fucking sixteen months old. Do you want it? No. Right. Well, <laughs> hey, Carbox. I'll take that Carbox Oktoberfest. <laughs> <laughs> yep. it, it is September. Oh, that's Carbox from 2019. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a full month. I've had I've had that experience in Oklahoma with Prairie. Like, oh, we've got prairie on tap. Oh, which prairie? Um, Let me go check. Let me check. <laughs> I'll be, you know what? I'll save you the trip. Uh, just, just give me a bug water, sweetheart. Just, just give me a blue moon. Whatever, whatever's not fucking. Oh, uh, dude. I, like, that made the GMG's list because it's happened to me twice in the last few months. Ugh, that's the worst. Yeah. We've got Sam Adams, Budweiser. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay. is that Boston Lager? Uh, yeah, I don't the, the know. OG, you want that? I don't know. Okay, yeah, that'd be great if Sam Adams only made one beer. I would know <laughs> what you're talking about. But congratulations, Sam Adams owns uh, a, a shit ton of beer, a shit ton of fucking cider, uh, even more seltzer. What, what 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 of those three do you have on tap? Because those are very different products. Let's whittle this down together. Um, I think it's a lager. Fuck, go fuck yourself, lady. Or ma'am, gentlemen, yeah. you gotta fuck out of here. Yeah. So, any any servers out there, uh, waiters or waitresses, uh, please know which exact Sam Adams it is that you are selling. Exact any was- product, honestly, Jesus fucking Christ! Oh, yeah. Literally the the bare minimum. If you're gonna ask for the upsell to a, a draft pour, 
know what the fuck we're pouring. Uh, and if nothing else, write yeah. it down on a post note and look at it glancingly as you're reading it right. off to me. Yeah. As you're clocking in, like, Jesus okay, we got Christ. Yeah. All right, man. My stuff is like about to Mission Impossible and both myself here. All right, well, I, I'm playing the outro music, so go ahead and uh, do your sign off, and I got you out. Well, uh, now I'm on the spot. Yeah, you're on the spot. I'm sorry. I, I got I, this guy go all flustered. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll let you do your thing, and then I'll follow you. Oh, well, that? fuck off. Well, I was going to no. do the fucking Frank reggae horn out. I was going to oh, do some. Okay, right on. I don't want to I don't want to steal that from you. That yeah. is a special thing, like yeah. hosting a gender reveal party at your house. Thank I don't want to take that. Thank you. It is about me here. It's all about you, man. Let's <laughs> let's bring twenty five of our quote unquote closest Facebook friends to our house. And grandma and she doesn't know where she's at and she's licking the window again. <laughs> our gender reveal party, guys. Uh yeah, so for Parker and Tulsa, I've enjoyed it. Thanks for staying up late with us. Um uh I, I, I intend on being on more often. I, I'm gonna say that. There but we go. I'll see you in two months. For Parker <laughs> So I love you. I'm out. Uh, for Brian, I uh, I appreciate you all listening to us this week and every four weeks when we come on and uh, do a podcast at this point, I think. Um, uh, thank you all for checking us out. Make sure you uh, refer us to a friend, family member, and uh, make sure you let them know that they can follow us on social media at no beer left cast on Twitter and Instagram, as well as at NVLB beer over on Twitter, where Brian is currently going off on Texas educators association and their fucking terrible ideas. Um, and you know, just in general, I hope that uh, all of you guys have a great week and until next time for Brian in far, far, far South Topeka, Kansas, I am out. <laughs>